This is Naoki Yoshida. This is Fern Hall. And you are listening to Aetherite Radio. Aetherite Radio. Here we go. Alright, hello everybody and welcome to Aetherite Radio Gamerscape's Final Fantasy XIV podcast. I'm Fusion X. Joining me today we've got Zanidra, we've got Aldino, we've got Hi. Rook. And joining us today... <laughs> hey, 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 hi. Hey, hey. hi. Hi. <laughs> Hello. Uh, it's and, like dogs in a cartoon movie. And 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 joining us today and probably immediately regretting it, we have Liffy. <laughs> Hi. Welcome. Hey. Um, Takes a little bit more of uh, than Mario movies to scare me away, honestly. Though. <laughs> well, well, that's because you haven't I'm seen glad. the Mario movie yet. Yeah. Once, I, once you I've understand. seen enough clips of it to know what yeah. to what expects mm, me. Yeah. Okay. 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 <laughs> little little pre-show talk was. Uh, you know, as we do. Uh, before we get started, uh, Zen, you had a quick bit. I do, I do. So uh, during the course of the last show, I used the word spastic, which I will say once and only once in this description, uh, to describe Hildebrand. And uh, at the time, I thought, this is a cute hyper way to say, well, a cute way to say hyper. Um, and it was brought to my attention that it is not. So I wanted to take a moment to apologize to our listeners for using the word because it was inappropriate and offensive. Uh, I'm very sorry for that. Additionally, uh, thank you for the person who came out on Twitter and was like, hey, did you know this is not such a good thing? And I hope that uh, my mistake helps to uh, spread the word that this is not a good word to use. Um, thanks for thanks for that moment. And again, I'm sorry. Um, okay, so uh, news. We got some news. So we just had patch, uh, what is it, 6.15. Uh, a couple weeks ago, uh, we are getting a live letter July 1st at 4 a.m. Pacific that'll talk about the first <laughs> details of patch 6.2. So it's soon. Soon. PTT. <laughs> that's like, that's I'll like the, that. ooh, yeah, that's, I think that's, that's closer to like a wake up early, not stay up late. But I think yeah. also like. That's more than usual, just, isn't it? It might. I mean, think so. I think so. But I probably usually it's my time. usually it's like I feel like it's like three ish usually, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Usually it's five or six my time, and that's seven. And I, I'm not gonna be awake. Even even I am not gonna be awake. Be. <laughs> yeah, I'll just you know I'll get my coffee after I wake up. I'll sit down. I'll watch the vod. Yep. Probably that's yep. how I go. Yeah, that's how I do. I'll be I'll be chilling, guys. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> yeah, I'd say it's probably great for you. Yeah, that's probably what they're doing is just like cycling it through the time. Yeah, zone. as they should, you know. Yeah, the last couple ones nice? for us have been pretty convenient. Yeah, <laughs> it's a global game. You've got to stagger it a little bit, you know. Yeah. Give everybody one. Um. So yeah, that'll be the first one for patch six point two. I mean, we got a lot of stuff coming with six point two. Um, I think mm -hmm. Island Sanctuary is probably the biggest one right now. Yeah, that's um, what everybody's like. We need to know. Please, more details. I must they've, know what's they've, happening. They've, they've needed to come out and address a certain part of that for a while now. So uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. You mean to tell me I can't build a large house on my island? Yeah, it, I am right. going to raid. No, it's, it's not going to happen. We've, we've going to be cool. Yeah, we've needed that no for a while. <laughs> yeah. And hey, yeah. the, cool thing, the cool thing with this too is that with the uh, letter from the producer live being July 1st, and we know that data center travel is coming 6.18. We at least now kind Soon. of have a time frame of window of Soon. when maybe data center travel is going to be coming out leading up to 6.2. So 
Yeah, That's I think true. it'll it'll definitely be next month. It'll be in July, so it'll either be like it'll be this week or it'll be like maybe like two weeks from the broadcast. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. feels probably more like. And then you can come visit us, and we can do yes! something. Yes, yeah. Finally. <laughs> All right. Uh, also, we're gonna have another free login campaign here. Uh, it's going on right now. It runs from June fifteenth to the thirtieth. Um, so if you haven't been back in fourteen for a little bit. Come on in. The water's great. <laughs> uh, make it rain. You have like two days if you're watching live. If you're not watching live, uh, you might have missed it. It might be ending today. Yeah, Hopefully. You can do it. 14. Get in there. I yeah. got my emote. That's good enough for me. Yep. Get yeah. your emote. Ooh, uh, yeah, last day, June 20th. June 20th. So if you yep. want that emote on any characters, nab it. Mm-hmm. Get it now. Um, and then... Uh, this was just yesterday, I think. Uh, they have announced a Crystal Conflict European Cup. Uh, so, as the name might imply, uh, this is a European PvP tournament. Um, this is going to take place uh, July 21st through the 22nd. Man, I wish that there were some people involved with this that we could talk to. Um, I know. Like, it sounds really cool. The casters that were going to be casting the event were with us today. If he, I mean, it'd be yeah, awesome, wouldn't that but... be nice? <laughs> Lithy's over there. Wait a minute. Are you suggesting <laughs> something? Adam, if you've checked Twitter recently or watched the live stream, <laughs> what a coincidence that would be. Twitter, that's no, that's, yeah. that's like MySpace, but but modernized, right? <laughs> it's, it's, it's the one without Trump, I think. Oh my god. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Moving right along. Sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> okay. Loved it. I loved it. Oh my gosh. Oh. All right. Yeah, so that's awesome. Uh, Lithy, it's you and uh, Brian Ricardo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. I am. Um... <sighs> yeah, I've, I've said this. I've said this on my post yesterday already. I have no words for how excited I am to cast that uh, that tournament. It's it's insane. I feel super honored, super lucky, and I'm look- really looking forward to that. Yeah, and that's going to be that's going to be a lot of fun. Yes. Yeah. So I can't wait to see you both. <laughs> Uh, and now that we've kind of kind of like look at this like really weird like nicely timed news announcement that helps us like segue into like the rest of the talk here you like that uh what are we talking about today fusion our guest (laughs) and shout casting and we maybe we'll we'll highlight rook a little bit rook's been getting involved in in some Mm -hmm. of this stuff too because why would why would she take a break from anything all lithy (laughs) yeah all lithy all the time (laughs) 24-7. 24-7. <laughs> Don't worry, I'll find a way to involve you, Rook. Oh my god! getting out of this. <laughs> we, you, you got the beans, right, Rook? Oh, yeah. Did we, oh, did no. we have mm. the... Oh, no. Mm. Yeah, oh, I brought them, so ready to go. Let's do it. Beans rounds, gods, I don't even know. For, Three, for, four, five. For, for Don't every, hurt, her. Don't hurt ev- her like this. Every, what, just what, every character in chat? Just like every letter? Uh, Rook will eat a oh. bean. Um, oh. We've got... Uh, oh. What was the worst one? Buffalo this sauce? Is, this is her sanctuary um, from the beans. Don't you do the server yeah. here. The beans. Bean free zone. Yeah. <laughs> we got we to gotta make sure she recovered from the trauma by the, next, by the time the next word race rolls around, you know? Yeah. I don't even know how I'm going to up the beans. I'm going to have to, like, find something else that's just terrible. I don't, <laughs> I don't even get why you keep bringing the beans back, because none of us on the team you are making it you do this. do it to yourself. 
Well, exactly. this is the thing. We sit there and we look at the donation goal for whatever next charity incentive, and people are like, oh, it'd be so cool if we reached 10,000 today or 20,000 today. And I'm sitting there just staring at the beans on my shelf like, I know we can hit it if only I... <laughs> Do the greatest sacrifice. <laughs> like I the I I, yes, I, I was just gonna strength to do I it. know what I must do. <laughs> oh, if you no. had the strength to eat another bean, could you do it? <laughs> Please someone edit that. But then but then we also need art like Ardbert to just like let one out like while he says that. <laughs> just like a little God. Maybe like All the right, high pitched one. We're getting yeah, to yeah, Lithy yeah. now. It's <laughs> Lithy time. Like it's more time, over. but it's Lithy time. It's Lithy time. <laughs> <laughs> oh my oh. gosh! Oh god! Oh, this show. I need, but then we then we need a need a little gremlin next to me. It's like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you? Um. <laughs> oh god! Oh, my brain right now is just. It's gone. It's gone. It's too late. It's done. It's gone. It's, gone. it's done. Yeah. It's it's the heat, guys. Don't worry. <laughs> like an official introduction is that where we want to go from here yeah well i just thought it would be nice because uh so lithy for anybody who doesn't know um lithy is a non-binary play-by-play caster focusing on hype moments and engaging storytelling um they have experience in valorant league of legends world of warcraft and final fantasy 14 uh you might have seen them recently on mog talks ultimate race to worlds first for dragon song reprise and they've been instrumental in coordinating and casting Mog Talks events. And we are so excited to have you on. Um, but that's just a little intro to Lithy. Obviously, we have Q&As and things here today. But um, for anyone who might not know, there are so many people that are making a lot of these things happen that are a part of this scene in ways that even as players, we might not always know. Or like you might see them, but not totally know the full you know, scope of their work. So I just thought it'd be nice to have a little intro for you. So there it is. We do the do the Thank gold so saucer much. like oh wrong side. <laughs> the gold gotta... saucer emote. Yeah, <laughs> that's Lithy. <laughs> if if you could if you could make things sparkle IRL like that, I I was I'd just like oh, get I really emote. I really need yeah. to get that emote like on like a like a green wall partition or something, and we can just like slide <laughs> it in. Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah, that would be glorious. Um, so much fun stuff you can do with stream assets. Oh. Yep. <laughs> I just need infinite time. That's all I need. I, that's a, that's a mm. small ask, right? Infinite time, right? Yeah. It's easy yeah. to get. Oh yeah. Um. So we got to start. We got to start at the beginning, Lithy. What got you in to shoutcasting? Okay. So shoutcasting in general. Um. I started off like. I think it's four four years and a bit now, uh, actually, with uh, World of Warcraft. And the way that came around was uh, a streamer that I've been following for, I think, six years now. Um, Automatic Jack, if any of you know him, uh, yep. done mostly plays WoW, plays a little bit of Final Fantasy here and there as well. But um, basically, he got picked up for Blizzard's MDI program right when they started it off as a caster and since i was following him i was like man that's really cool i kind of want to do that because i've been a big esports fan for years on years league of legends uh, dota you name it i've watched it basically and i was always like yeah this is really cool it's just not a career i can follow i'm it's not not my place not not my skill set basically that's what i thought back then <laughs> but uh then there was the first inspiration because Jack picked it up and I was like, hey, this is kind of cool. 
And I started looking for opportunities. And then I heard from a friend that uh, someone he knows is responsible for running all the uh, German WoW Esports stuff. And he, they are looking for uh, new people to bring on the show because they didn't have enough casters for the whole mm. thing. So I went to him and was like, yo, I'd like to do this. Would you give me a shot? And uh, yeah, gave me a shot. Rest is history, basically. <laughs> They heard your dulcet tones and were like, uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> I'm honestly more surprised they haven't kicked me off the broadcast yet. With all the oh, yeah? No! <laughs> oh, no, they're, they're, the, puns, the puns are pretty bad. I had to remove them from my bio because of, uh, because of space character we, limits on Twitter and all. We need more characters in the bios. It's so hard. We need hard. to be able to have more puns. We need to be able to... Yeah. 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 I mean, oh, that's yeah. awesome. I mean, I honestly think like sometimes you see people like right now, I mean, Lithi, you've been doing so much work, right? You've had so much stuff. It has been incredible. What a fantastic year to even just see all these different events that you've been doing and all the stuff coming mm. up. And so when you see people, I think sometimes at that point where they've been in it for a little bit and you're thinking to yourself, like, how do you even get started in this? Like, there's no way that, you know, like, there's no way that I could just do this. Like you were saying, even just a handful of years ago, but it's awesome that you just jumped in. You took that opportunity and you just kind of went YOLO and just went for it. And from there, we're able to build up your skill set to this point. I mean, obviously, four years took a little bit to let you know, get probably mm -hmm. all of that experience under your belt. But I mean, still to have accomplished so much in that time. That's amazing. That's awesome. I'm I'm I don't say this often, I think, uh, but I, I'm, I'm fairly proud of what I've managed to accomplish. But um, it's it's also a lot of help from people around me. A lot of help from friends, a lot of opportunities given to me by people that believed I could do a good job, things like that. So there's definitely, I feel like there's a hefty portion of luck involved as well. But mm -hmm. um, it's definitely also a lot of legwork from your own side. As mentioned, I, the, the, the starting points for me basically were me going to someone and all the other things came from that as well. Uh, someone, someone often mentioned that they that they know someone that uh, that is in the, in the market, so to say, of doing some League of Legends broadcast for a small U German uni. And I picked the. I saw the opportunity it was last year, early last year, and I was like, "Yeah, you could try some league casting. Why not?" So <laughs> went there, hit them up, and was like, "Yo, got some experience casting other games. I've played League for ages and." Uh, if you need someone, hey, get me in. So that's how that one came around. And I've done that with a bunch of other stuff. I still do that nowadays. If I'm like, hey, that's that event. That kind of looks cool. Shoot the people a DM. And basically, like, same. If you if you want to get into shoutcasting yourself, there are so many community tournaments and little leaks going on, depending on which game you're in. Of course, there's more or less. But there is so many people looking for people to cast that it will definitely give you a chance even if you do not have any experience whatsoever. So if you wanna if you wanna start casting esports, be it Final Fantasy, be it any other game, just look for it, talk to people, uh, and get and get in there. That is that is basically the very simple thing you have to do. But you have to do it, basically. I like that consistently we hear from uh, successful creators, just do it. Just go and right. do it. <laughs> 
Yes, it's exactly the thing. Um, especially, especially once you talk to some people in in the industry, in the game industry, for example, uh, that are responsible for bringing in creators and stuff. It's no one's ever going to come to you uh, mm-hmm. and ask you to do stuff if you haven't done anything before, because you need to yes. you need to build a reputation for yourself. So, if there is something you want to do, make content, make whatever you want, just get started, and that is going to help you more than you might think. Yeah, I mean, especially like if if you have like a goal in mind, right? If you want to get into to, to shout casting, for example, like if you don't have any kind of content where you are maybe shout casting smaller events or something and hoping to get into big stuff, or even just co- content that you're just kind of narrating, like nobody's gonna know your kind of like skill set or, or you know cover yeah. level or whatever with with what you hope to do. So you gotta get started because it's one of those things where if you're shoutcasting and you see like this big thing coming up, you're like, oh, I want to do that. Okay, well, what have you done? You know, it, it's that that portfolio, that resume. It is. It's like, well, what have you done before? Uh... Yeah. <laughs> it's literally the first question you'll be asked if you apply or hit up someone for an event or, or a gig or whatever. It's going to be like, okay, if you don't, if you can't list them, what you've done, at least provide them with some sort of demo. Like mm-hmm. Grab a VOD of YouTube and just cast over it. Record yourself, upload it. You can upload it unlisted, so no one other than the people you send it to will see it. Mm-hmm. Just do it. And that is better than... That is already worth a lot more than just sending in an application without any any demos or uh, reels or anything because you're one step ahead of 90% of the people that have not recorded a little demo and a little mm-hmm. reel showcasing Absolutely. their skill set. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, in content creation, too, it's so easy to forget that, like, you have to take those baby steps before you can run, you know? Like, I I see so many people who will, I think, hype themselves up about wanting to do something, or they're like, I can only do it when I've bought all this special equipment, or when I've done this thing, or I've done, or I'm this rank in a game or something, or whatever it is. When in reality, I love what you said, Lithy. It really is, it's that, like, Shia LaBeouf, just do it! Yeah. <laughs> You're just like... yes. Just do something, like start doing something, even if it's one night a week, even if it's a single YouTube video a month, even if it's because all of that time, all of that practice, like a single thing that you're doing will teach you so much. And even, you know, you have something then, like you said, to show people, you have something then to build off of. And when you look at any shoutcaster, any creator, any person that's doing anything kind of in the space, even the podcast, right? Like. Mm-hmm you forget sometimes that, I don't know, however many years ago, their earliest stuff, you might not even know what that was because they just started doing something. Maybe they were on a different channel. Like, I remember at some point, I think it was Donkey from YouTube who like, you know, was talking about the old like Flash comic or like things that he used to do and he was showing some some of the videos. And I remember for me, that was a big moment realizing like, oh wow, you don't have to start out being like amazing. You exactly. can just start. <laughs> you can just do it. <laughs> yeah. And and also on top of that, it gives you opportunities for feedback. People will see your stuff and yeah. be like, hey, I like what you're doing, but you can do this, this, and this better. And that is that is the most the most important aspect of you putting yourself, putting your content out there. You get I feedback, you get to be better. Yeah. yeah. But it's also it's a, also a very dangerous dangerous yeah. part of the whole thing, especially if it's just the broad internet giving you feedback and not. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's you know, know you're, you're always gonna about. have like the people that know better, 
But then you'll also get like you gotta kind of sift through the BS, right, to get to like the actual like constructive feedback. I mean, go back and listen to like the very first uh, podcast I did for like Final Fantasy XI. I'm sure it's horrible. <laughs> like, there's not a doubt in my mind that it's like one of the worst things on the internet. But it's hopefully gotten a little better. We've got a, you know a handful of people watching right now, so maybe I'm not terrible after like what. <laughs> God, has it been 15 years it. now? Don't think about it. Don't think about it. Uh, I'm old. Uh. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, you know, nobody, like, I want to say nobody. Maybe there's somebody out there that's just a child prodigy, right? But a lot of people aren't, like, perfect their first take with, with something. And you need to you need to practice at it, right? That's I mean, that's for anything, right? You got to practice. You got to do more of it. And you you gain more skills over time. Um so yeah, definitely. If if there's something, you know, kind of going back to what we were saying earlier, if there's something that you want to do, start now because you're not going to get it immediately. And you know, the, if you start now, that gives you more kind of like prep time to mm. to work towards things to improve yourself. You know, so just just do I it. Never think, and never think you're too old. You're not. Yeah, definitely not. Thanks. I you appreciate don't need that. to be yeah. seventeen to get into shoutcasting. <laughs> you definitely don't. Fusion, you're not allowed to talk. <laughs> yeah. Not even the oldest on the podcast. You're not even the oldest person here. That's true. <laughs> uh, doesn't mean I still don't feel old. We're going to keep that a mystery who the oldest person on the podcast is. It's me, fam. It's been me the whole time. <laughs> I knew it. I knew that wasn't, I knew you didn't get your hair dyed. It just like you, you joined us yes. and it was just you were that old and dealing with us. It just immediately went. Mm. Exactly. Gray. Yeah. This yeah. is this just happened almost overnight after I wouldn't joined. Wouldn't that be nice though? Because then you wouldn't have to get it done anymore. How much? Oh money my gosh! Save? I'd You're so welcome. Much money. <laughs> I'd save so much money. That w- that would explain a lot. There might be a minimum age requirement to get a Guild Wars two NPC for yourself. <laughs> well, you know, I just turned thirty one recently. And um, as I've talked about on my own stream, somebody did tell me that I wasn't allowed to be on the internet anymore because of how mm. old I am. <laughs> yes, so, oh, wait, I mean, at, yeah. at 31? At 31. Oh, mm-hmm. all right. Well, I, we got we to gotta wrap up. Yep. <laughs> so bye, everybody. Right. It was really good. Then, I had a fun podcast. Then it's good that you got me in now and not in it because I, I'll be gone in two and a half years then. So. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm past my, my, my time then. I, I hit I hit 35. <laughs> This past weekend, so I know. we old fam. Mm-hmm. We old I've been I've been Damn. podcasting almost half my life. What the hell have I been doing? <laughs> hey, there you go. Wow, you! Oh my gosh, you did! I just like factored in thirty five, but then what you said fifteen years ago, you started podcasting. Prop fourteen or fifteen, yep. yeah. Oh my gosh, two thousand six. <laughs> That's amazing. All right. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> We're even Back when uh, podcasting didn't involve cameras at all. Back yeah. in yeah. my oh day, my we used to we used to manually update our XML feeds. Oh jeez. <laughs> oh god. Just thinking all about right. it makes me want to. <laughs> so, but this isn't about me. No, no, we won't get deep into that today. But um, I mean, in the years, so we talked a bit about the experience and you know, like the time, you know, just jumping in and getting into it. But in the time that you've been shoutcasting, what do you think have been some of the proudest achievements, things that you've accomplished in your career so far? Um, oh wow. Uh, so I definitely separate this a little bit into like personal personal highlights and just career highlights in general. Um. In terms of in terms of broadcast size and 
prestige level basically um one of the one of the ones i'm most proud of is definitely the uh german valorant masters broadcast mm -hmm. that i was part of earlier this year um on a like tier level for esports broadcast that is by far the highest one i've worked on up until now but in terms of personal highlights, um, both of the uh, last Final Fantasy World Races, where we've raced, I think in a total, combined with both events, we've raised over $60,000 for charity. Um, That's awesome. Those, yeah. are, those are very, very high up there in terms of uh, personal credit for myself. Um, and yeah, honestly, the uh, the crystalline conflict cup that was just announced that i get to do that is pretty high up there as well but I haven't casted that yet yet so it's just a <laughs> preliminary ranking basically but yeah no um a lot of the a lot of the high tier valorant stuff i got to do and that's definitely that's definitely some of the stuff i'm most proud of on a career level very nice very nice it's been it's been so exciting this year it feels like i mean we just we just met i think what last year Technically, something like that, yeah, or, or like right at the just, beginning just, with whatever like, pandemonium yeah, hit, right? Was that, that, yeah. was that yeah. late December, early Jan? I forget when the. Oh my gosh, it feels like it's been longer than that. It no, but pandemonium like... was was uh, early December, mm -hmm. pretty sure. But yeah, yeah, really, and you can't you can't really talk even about getting to know each other because it wasn't much more than a, a little bit of a chat about hey. Would you like to cast? We would be honored to have you on the show. And that's basically <laughs> it, kind of. But Yeah, I was very nervous. You messaged and then I like looked on Twitter and I saw your very professional photo and I was like, um, yes, I would very much <laughs> like to be a part of this, miss, m m my friend Lithi. But and also, I can I bring, <laughs> I have beans. Can I bring beans with me? <laughs> can, can what are we saying? That is this is a safe place from beans. You stop it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That is, but that is actually such a surreal concept of people being nervous about talking to me. It's like, what? Why? I'm literally just some dude on the internet. Right? <laughs> like, no, don't be nervous. <laughs> no, I mean, obviously, I mean, with it, I don't even know. I think just that first, the even the first time I went on for the cast, I was like, oh, Lithy's super chill and super fun. You know, it was like immediately. But um, it's, okay, good. yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, to this day, I'm still incredibly nervous Terrified. talking to you. I'm just so scared right now. Uh, <laughs> I'm so sorry, Rook. <laughs> it's okay. It's all right. It's all right. Um, you know, I'm going to get through this. But yeah. it really has been incredible, even just in that time that I have known you, seeing everything that you've been able to do and the versatility that all of these different, I mean, games and um, opportunities have just kind of shown in your, your wheelhouse and your skill set. Um, I cannot wait to see you cast Crystalline Conflict, which we'll talk about more later too, but uh, that's just, it's just awesome. It's so cool to see everything that you're doing in the space, honestly. Thank you. <laughs> I'm really bad at taking compliments. I'm, I'm trying, but thank that's you. Okay. Let us oh, praise you. Today, so. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh no. So uh, I know you, you've, you've shoutcasted several different games. Um, how do mm -hmm. you prepare yourself like when you're getting ready to to shout cast an event? Does it differ uh, for for each game? Like what kind of goes into your your preparation? Um, so this is of course just just my take. I'm pretty sure each caster has their. This own is way how the prepare. professionals do it. If you don't do it this way, you're doing it wrong. Uh, <laughs> oh god. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Yeah. Um, but. 
the way I prepare, it really depends on what type of broadcast it is, right? Um, the higher the higher tier, the higher the level of professionalism is, the more you want to prep and the more intricate your preparation gets. Because a high-level broadcast, let's say a Valorant Masters broadcast, Valorant VCT playoffs, basically, uh, for example, is uh, very much focused on storylines, it's a lot of storylines. Mm. High-level esports broadcasting is a lot about telling stories, about bringing narrative to the viewers. Because you as a caster, yes, you are there to break down the action for the viewers. But on a, on a broadcast like that, you are very much expecting most of your audience to know at least roughly what is going on. You don't need to explain the game on a baseline level to them. So your job as a caster becomes less of, less of a... Uh, a duty to explain the game and more of a duty to uh, interest the viewers in the show what's going on bring bring the show across bring narratives across that keeps the viewer engaged and of course there's a bunch of commercial stuff uh, involved as well you want to sell products and uh, get get you get some spotlights on your sponsors as well stuff like that right so you want to keep the keep the viewers on the show and so it's a lot of storyline sorry i'm rambling um no, it's but yeah you prep, you prep storylines, narratives, interesting players, interesting facts about the players. Um, on top of that, you, of course, want to be able to talk about the gameplay. You want to talk about play styles for certain teams. Uh, if one team, for example, Fnatic in the LEC, they play a lot of this type of champions in League of Legends. They play a lot of this style of comms. They usually play early game. They usually play late game. Whatever the case is for those teams, you definitely you definitely want to be able to break that down and kind of make sure make sure you have points where you can weave all the narrative elements into each other. Storylines about the players, storylines about the team itself, what the team plays, how that has been working over this season, and um, prepping for the gameplay uh, also involves watching VODs, watching gameplay, analyzing the gameplay for yourself. Um, also, depending on what type of caster you are, if you're a color caster, if you're more uh, on the analytical side of things, because color casters are the ones that break down the action, that have a lot of game knowledge, that are the giga brains on the desks that can break down the play and tell you why the tower dive at 3 minutes 30 influenced the, the play at 8 minutes in a, a certain way where that made the team insta-lose, basically. But... Um, yeah, it's... It's just, it's a lot of prep. It is yeah. a lot of prep. I think that is, compare, if, if I think back to me casting at the early stages of my career uh, and me casting now, the difference is, I think, 80% prep because mm -hmm. I prep infinitely more than I did back in the day. And it just makes, it just makes the casting that much better because it's mm -hmm. also something you can, you can only train that to a certain extent without doing actual broadcast because you can grab VODs and stuff but you don't really get too much good feedback from the viewers basically mm -hmm. uh, on your practice cast for stuff that has already happened because well it's been all it's over if it's esports you follow usually you've seen the games already and that influences sure. it a lot as well and it takes away a lot of the um I'm not sure how to phrase this free flow aspects of the job basically you have to you have to weave in stuff on the fly yeah mm -hmm. and yeah it's it's just it's just something that 
you yeah it just improves on on practice basically i think i'm i'm totally a... diverging from the point here i'm so sorry no no that was fine. great that was <laughs> yeah. awesome that was a great Do you answer. have like a, a cute little notebook you keep notes on all the teams that you work with <laughs> um, I actually do. Yes, I do have. Uh, I do have the little notebook. Wait. I, I can see Livy looking around it. like it's around here somewhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it's in my. It's in my. It's in my backpack. So um, I have. I have the a little little leather bound notebook. Just because I don't have a tablet, I would like to have a tablet, but I haven't bought one yet. But, um, for example, these are my notes for the last. Uh, one of the last Valorant, uh, Valorant events I've worked on. And it is basically just pages on pages of stats about the teams and the players and what cha what kind of agents the players play, what the recent mm -hmm. stats in terms of games were, how how do these teams measure up uh, on the head-to-head -head, uh, in, in a historical sense? Like, are there any interesting win rates on certain maps? Is there anything else interesting you can bring into the broadcast? And also... 90% of the stuff I've never gotten to use. <laughs> right. Uh, well, I mean, that's, that's, that's one of the... Your head, though? I had a notebook. Yes, yes. I have a stack, yes. I have a stack of notebooks for, like, note-taking for this show, for D&D, for all kinds of stuff. So you're like, yeah, I have a notebook. Yeah, notes, I have notes a terrible memory, so I have to have a notebook. The rule of thumb for eSports broadcast is you're not going to use 90% of the stuff you prep. Right. And that is a fact. Yeah. yeah. I... It's so interesting, honestly, hearing you talk about this because in the like short window of time since that first, the Savage World Race that I did with you um, with Mog Talk, the like different events that I've been able to participate in since then, it felt like when I first started doing it, um, you know, kind of like you said, I was sitting there and people would come with all this knowledge and I was like, oh my gosh, how do they know all this stuff? <laughs> like, how do they know that this morning at exactly 2 a.m. some team did this thing that did that thing and got it to how many percentage? <laughs> like, and I was sitting there going like, I'm just going to roll with it and pretend like I know everything that everybody else knows. And then I think it was the WoW's Race to World First where... Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I, I was not expecting to get asked to do that. And, you know, even reached out and asked for some advice from, you know, people that have been in touch with you and things. Um, but that was where I think what you had pointed out, the idea of preparation really clicked for me, where I had this moment where I went, oh, people know this stuff because they're like looking it up. <laughs> so they're, like, <laughs> they're watching it and they're, you know, taking notes and they're following the feeds and they're compiling all of the data into this stuff so they can reference it to give you a foundation of you brought up the point earlier lithy of like freeform or on the fly or like improvisation right mm. you can only improvise if you know like the full range of what's happening or right. like the full range of what you can do right so to pivot and to be able to spin off of something else or to respond to something you have to have this foundation of knowledge and even if like every one of those factoids doesn't totally come out the fact that you have like broadened your own ability to respond in so many ways, like it just makes the experience, um, I think that much that much more um, skillful in a sense when you've got casters that have done that. And I, I mean, I had spreadsheet after spreadsheet <laughs> after spreadsheet. I had pictures of all the WoW bosses in there. I had like written notes about all of them and bosses they were like from previous tiers. I'm asking my partner who's raided in WoW for years, well, how does WoW, how you do that? How rating in WoW? <laughs> what, are, what are things people
people say that sounds like Rook's they Google search history was fantastic during this time. <laughs> what? Wow. How rating wow do? But yeah, what when are, you have yeah. that in the can, it just gives you that confidence to know that you can riff. You can mm. fill yeah. in the time because a lot of people are afraid. Oh, go ahead. And once and once you've done the prep, you don't need to do it again. If you've exactly. prepped for one event, you have the same stuff in your brain or at least in your notes for the next event as well. And if you do it long term, you, 10 years down the road, you can be like, guys, remember that match back in 2007? Oh, my God, the finals were insane. This team did this and this team did this. And you'll sound like a like a god to the, to the viewer. <laughs> it is. It is the greatest thing. It pays exactly. off in the long run. I love so, it. I love so it. So with, with all these different games that you've worked on, um, what ended up getting you into Final Fantasy fourteen? Um, as a caster or as a player? Well, I mean, I, we oh. got to start with, with, with the player, right? Because I think to, to shout cast anything, there has to be at least a, a base level of, of interest in the game mm. overall, right? I would think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, so... Uh, this is going to sound similar. Um, I blame another streamer for that one. Uh, so, a few years back, I tried Final Fantasy. Uh, a few friends uh, got me into it. And I tried it until like level 15, level 20, just doing the MSQ. And then someone was like, yeah, I don't like this. It's not 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 my <laughs> cup of tea. This is this is too slow. I want to I wanna play the game and not click and read text, basically. So I dropped Final Fantasy again for another three, four years, basically. But... Um, one night I was clicking through Twitch and was in the ended up in the Final Fantasy XIV section because a good friend of mine had talked about it with me because they were progging Ultimate and he was telling me about the Ultimate and I, as far as I understood it, uh, that sounded fairly interesting because I know I know I knew what WoW rating was at the time because it was rating mm -hmm. myself but hadn't played Final Fantasy so I was looking at the stuff and then ended up on Twitch ended up in the Final Fantasy section and found a stream. That looked interesting. That was progging Uvu. It was uh, Dave Greco. Uh, some of you might know him. Um, yeah. I got in. I got in the stream. Said hi. Dave was super cool about everything, and like spent the next three hours during prog just explaining the whole thing to me. <laughs> um, so yeah, stuck around. Two or three weeks later, I, I gave in. I started playing Final Fantasy because I was like, yeah, man, this rating actually looks pretty dope. I want to try this. So. I burned through... This was at the end of Stormblood. I burned through the whole MSQ in like a week. <laughs> and uh, yeah, been playing Final Fantasy ever since as basically my my content filler for WoW. So mm -hmm. whenever WoW is running out of content, I'm playing Final Fantasy, basically. Mm. And that's that's how I got into, into 14. And um, how I got into casting 14 was fairly simple as well after the second eden race after shiva um because i was following that i think that was the the one where method actually got involved with frosty and the whole that's the right whole event um yep that's how i that's how i saw that there was a world race for final fantasy and i started at that point had already started casting wow and the wow world first races and i was like hey <laughs> Could be a could be a nice opportunity. I want to get in on this, and uh, then I saw Frosty's tweet about, "Hey, if anyone wants to get involved, wants to help out, shit me up, or, uh, hit me up, send me an email. We need people." So I sent him an email, and he was like, "Yo, that's awesome. Hit me up again when we're planning the next race in like half a year." So <laughs> <laughs> I did. Came back. He gave me a shot to work on the uh, the following Eden race. Uh, did a shift or two, a cast for that, and 
yeah, I've been involved ever since, and I'm very much the person of, okay, this is cool. I like this. I want to get involved. I want to help. And uh, turned out I was one of the people most motivated to do stuff, and so Frosty was uh, very... Um, very grateful to give me some work <laughs> that he hadn't had to do. And yeah. By now, yeah, since Frosty, since Frosty kind of had to step down since he had his baby and uh, his family takes up 90% of his free time, um, I've basically taken over the World Race uh, organization for now together with the rest of the team members, of course. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's my Final Fantasy story, basically. <laughs> And then I got my fiance into Final Fantasy, and she quit WoW over it, and now she's obsessed. And <laughs> yeah. I'm still surprised. We, I'm still surprised we do not have a giant portrait of Emmett Silks uh, hanging. In the other room. I mean, you're not taste. A woman of taste. Some time, I'm Emmett Silk fan club. I think. I think. I think you'd get along very well, Rook. <laughs> <laughs> So I have to ask yeah. because this is what we always ask in the fourteen community. But uh, what do you main? What are your mains, Lithy? Yeah. <laughs> oh God, um, I've recently had the epiphany that I have the most fun playing tanks. So currently, I main Paladin and Gunbreaker. Mm -hmm. um, but the class, the job I placed the most is probably Black Mage and Samurai. After that. And for Endwalker, I've actually played a lot of Reaper, because that is really fun. It is a fun job. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. It is it is actually I'm not a big one for melee usually, but Reaper is super, super fun. <laughs> I'm I'm a melee main through and through. Always mm -hmm. been. I do like casters, but always I always get back to the melees at some point. <laughs> yeah, that was my life until fourteen. And then I'm <laughs> stuck on caster. Oh, <laughs> uh. Oh, I do crap, like the you know. physical DPS as well. Yeah. Mm. At the end of Shadowbringers, I mained uh, a main machinist for a good, a good uh, while. Actually, yeah, uh, machinist is so good in Shadowbringers. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so you've dabbled, you've dabbled, you play a, a pretty wide range, but um, I didn't hear any healers on that list. <laughs> I do have, I do have a sage. I do have a sage on max level. I've healed some dungeons. I've dabbled in some normal raids it's all right but i'll be very honest with you the targeting system for your party in final fantasy 14 can go bite me and yes yeah. <laughs> i am not playing healers and raids yeah if you've if you've healed in wow which i've done i've been a healer main in wow for the better part of the last five years mm. you do not want to mess with targeting in final fantasy it is absolutely a nightmare. Not. it is the worst that's why so I don't that you even agree. play Thank you. <laughs> I do not even play healer. I played healer in WoW. I cannot do it here. Really? That's so funny to me because I I don't know what it is. Even if it is maybe arduous, I love mm -hmm. I love it in 14. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know what it is, but there's something about, I guess, the structure of it. I, I, it is kind of tough when you are having to target beyond just the like F1 to 4, you know? Mm. Because then mm. if you have them bound to those keys, it can be a little bit... Maybe a little bit rougher, a little bit more annoying to reach to reach where you oh. need to go. But I, mm -hmm. I would I say, mean... I would say, if the healer classes in Final Fantasy had more than a two-button DPS rotation, that is not yeah. frying my brain because it's so bad Boy. and boring. Then I'd ah. actually play a healer in Final Fantasy as well, if, despite the targeting. 
So as somebody who never really healed anything for a long period of time in WoW, can you explain to me how they're different? Um, so the biggest thing in WoW for me, healing-wise, is simply just the targeting. Um, mm -hmm. combined That's with what I mean. The fact how is that, the targeting different? Uh, basically, you don't have to click. You can, you can work with mouse over macros that work yeah. with incredibly low response times. Uh, so you basically just... Hover your mouse over a health bar and press a button and people mm -hmm. get healed. And that's it. So it is a lot less hassle. Um, on top of that, the general gameplay speed is much higher in WoW. Yeah. So you have a lot more buttons to press. You don't have three-second hard casts. And uh, it is a lot more um, low-time low reactionary. That's the part where my English, uh, oh, okay. where my English yeah, skills yeah. are kind of yeah. uh, abandoning me for a second. You just have it's, to think a little bit faster. Yeah. You have it's to much, think yeah, a little bit much faster. Much, much more responsive, right? Like fourteen has yes. the notorious yes. um, delay. There's like that slight delay, which makes things like slide casting possible. Mm -hmm. Where like not only is the global cooldown longer in fourteen. Um, but the actual like response times of things detonating or skills registering as having gone gone off and yeah. this is as far as i understand it with you know yeah. like the differences in this like mm -hmm. um that quickness of input of key or like visual indicator of mm -hmm. attack um it, it like is instantaneous closer to instantaneous in wow right. than it is in 14. on top of that wow is also very dynamic final fantasy is very strict in terms of when mechanics happen how much damage they do and how you will handle them in terms of healing so you have CDs assigned for stuff, and that is where you're going to press it. And at no point ever in any variation of the pulls you do in Final Fantasy, your healing is going to look any different on those pulls. While in WoW, you encounter a lot of RNG uh, in terms of how much damage people will right. take, a lot of RNG in terms of who's going to get targeted by mechanics, and a lot of uh, differences in fights in terms of what the healing profile is for a fight. There definitely are fights in WoW that works exactly like Final Fantasy, where it's very strict in terms of when the damage is coming in, when which healer is popping which CDs. But there's also fights that are just continuous damage, yeah. where you as a healer, from the minute the boss is pulled until the boss is dead, you can't stop healing. Otherwise, people will die. And that is one of the big parts I'm missing from Final Fantasy, mm -hmm. for example. Um, it's just... It's just a lot of different design styles that you encounter in WoW, which is also due to the fact that WoW just straight up has triple the amount of bosses per raid tier, basically. Right. Yeah. Mm. It's been so, like, honestly, it's been so interesting to me because I fell in love hard with 14, whereas I bounced off of WoW for various mm -hmm. reasons. Mm -hmm. um, and so, like, but I know so many people who had almost the opposite, where, right, like, they played WoW for a very long time, they still love it, maybe they do play other games, but, like, WoW always has their heart. And so, like... Even, you know, my friends or my partner and I have had these discussions before where we've been trying to break down, like, what constitutes difficulty in both World of Warcraft and Final <laughs> Fantasy XIV, and how are they different but satisfying in other ways? Like, and for me, I love that kind of plotted, measured, the dance, the rhythm of fourteen fights, mm. because I think it allows for this just, like ability to per like make them perfection in a sense yes. that you can like go in and refine this perfect thing um but having then rated in guild wars 2 where it's closer to wow as far as like output and rng factors and there's more bosses per raid wing as well but each boss might have slightly less mechanical 
nonsense that they bring to the table because each one might focus on like <laughs> a set of this specific thing, right? Whereas in 14, it's like you look at the actual write out of that fight and it is a short essay. And you're like, okay, and now we're in phase five, subset three. Mechanic vomit one, mechanic vomit two. <laughs> Have yes, you guys looked yes. at Thord and one from the new ultimate? Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, but it's, I mean, it's really, it's very interesting to me. And I loved hearing your thoughts on like, what classes might shine for you specifically with your background in 14 versus other roles or things that you might find more satisfying in other games. Yeah. Mm. Um. Yeah, I mean that that is uh, exactly what you what you spoke to just now about Final Fantasy that draws me to the game as well, right? I I love the rating in Final Fantasy. I the story is good. I like the story, but that's not what I'm here for. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm here for the for the gameplay, for the mechanics and uh I appreciate the story. I appreciate the story a lot more through my fiance as well because mm -hmm. I get retold everything 5 times a year at least and a daily essay about how amazing Emmett is and how much she how much she misses him now yeah it's a, good he's a good villain he's a good villain. she's right um, mm -hmm. <laughs> but I definitely I definitely appreciate the what you mentioned the the dance you can perfect in Final Fantasy that is right, a lot of exactly. fun um, what so what made me actually go to tank is basically that uh, the combination of a complex dance and a very, very complex set of rotations and skills on your DPS class is just a little bit too much for me at the moment. So I wanted a little bit of a simpler rotation, a little bit of a simpler class, and while Reaper offers that on the DPS level... Um, there are so many pe people playing Reapers. Try to get in a group with that. Yeah, good luck. Uh, so I was, so I was thinking, okay, yeah, just play tank. That's easy. Good, good for me. I yeah, get to, well. everybody needs an enemies as well. Tank main. Yeah. Now I know you've just said um, these terrible words that you're not that invested in the story of Final Fantasy XIV. Um, no, 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 no. I I appreciate the Final Fantasy story a lot. Okay. okay but sure. it is sure. not the main the main <laughs> draw of the game for me. I'm All not right, a cutscene well. skipper. Good. Okay, good. Oh, gosh. All right. <laughs> we would have immediately had to have you off the podcast. No, I'm kidding. There is yeah. no Thanks judgment for here for me. Get out. I definitely understand that yeah, because yeah. before 14, I'd been playing every MMO that I possibly could. It was like top five in Wildstar. Rip. Still, I'm going to keep talking about it. I right. wish it was still alive. For Wildstar, man. <sighs> but yeah, the story never was the draw of an MMO until 14 technically uh i i'm gonna say something i really hope yeah. no one at blizzard is listening um, <laughs> i mean are you surprised after i've made wow for 15 years right exactly yeah. you, you just get used to it in that genre you don't look to the genre for that sort of thing you look to it for mechanic for rating for community like that sort of stuff so i, I definitely get it actually feel bad now wow has some incredibly yeah. incredibly <laughs> amazing some... stories as well just not on the not on the overarching yeah. lore side of things no. yeah it's the smaller stories there's a little bit every once in a while you'll yeah, get you'll get a side ideas. story yeah side stories ideas yeah. concepts i think that was Books. one of the reasons why i bounced off of wow to be honest because right. i was wanting an immersive journey almost every game i'd played mm. up until then were rpgs mm -hmm. and i loved that kind of narrative so when i got into wow i was like i'm ready and i had the wiki up <laughs> and i was like reading all the deep lore and then i was realizing i was like wait everything changed they retconned all that but what does that mean <laughs> the problem <Who's> this character <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, the problem with WoW uh, that I've realized over the years now, especially moving on to the recent expansions, Legion, BFA, mm -hmm. Shadowlands, um, they've hit the limit of the storylines laid out with the classic uh, Warcraft storylines, mm -hmm. Warcraft 3, all the follow-up uh, out of that. Because everything Blizzard has done around that, Wrath of the Lich King, amazing storyline, yeah. absolutely fantastic, still one of my absolute favorite add-ons ever, just because Arthas. Um but also, just go, even going into Legion, really, really good storyline. I'm mm -hmm. I was obsessed with WoW lore until BFA. Yeah. The order halls were and even crazy. in BFA like, was. There was a lot of lore to be picked up too. Um, yes, but yeah. yeah. The big the big mistake Blizzard made, in my opinion, was to put, let's say, seventy percent of the very very interesting lore outside the game and right. not attainable in the game mm -hmm. aka mm -hmm. novels books comics whatever else short stories they've released yeah. there was so much lore and really really important story bits to pick up and read that were yeah. not released or explained inside the game where you as a player in the game were just put in front of in front of decided and or events that already happened mm -hmm. it's like Wait, what happened here? I have no idea. Well, I'm just gonna play the quest line anyway. Uh, yeah. In reality, you would have mm -hmm. you would have had to read a novel yeah. about Jaina to know what has been going on there, and then the lore would have been banger. Yeah. I, I'm all for like yeah. games using other media to like help supplement the story, but like all the big stuff should be in the game. Like, right. I mean, that was one of the okay. issues that we had. You know, looking yes. at like Final Fantasy 15. It's like, okay, we have the game, but then there's also, like, the anime and the movie and mm -hmm. maybe parts from the Brady Guide or whatever, because <laughs> there's stuff that wasn't mentioned in the game, but it's in the guide for some reason. Um, I mean, that stuff, that all those elements were just scattered all over the mm -hmm. place. Um, and we've been talking about, about that. Yeah, in mm -hmm. 14, it happens as yeah. well. Though not... To the extent, like it sounds like it did, it well. Well, yeah. and we've seen them making huge efforts mm -hmm. to bridge that gap in fourteen recently, like with Endwalker, where they tied in a bunch of canonical mentions of previous backstory exactly. or side mm -hmm. stories that were released or things like that. So I think they've they've really realized that. Um, yeah. I guess taking us back towards sort of our our you know flow of conversation. Mm -hmm. um, in I was curious in fourteen, right? Okay, so we talked about wow, we've talked about story, we've talked about all this stuff. But in fourteen, <laughs> do you have a favorite expansion? Um it's hard that, that's hard to say. I mean I started at the end of Stormblood, so I've not really experienced that much of Stormblood mm -hmm. uh, endgame. Um basically just played a lot of Shadowbringers and Endwalkers. So Shadowbringers was really good. Endwalker is okay. Uh, so far, um... fusion. Fusion's just like, mm -hmm, yeah, no, yeah, I agree with that. Mm -hmm, yeah. I mean, good guess. we picked the good guess yes. this week. Yeah. <laughs> I'd, I'd put. I pro. I would prob probably put Endwalker above Shadowbringers for myself. Uh, in terms of gameplay, mm. in terms of gameplay, just talking about gameplay. Story wise, ah. Uh, I think I think Shadowbringers is the best expansion mm. story wise. Okay, that's good. We can still we can still continue this conversation. <laughs> we don't have to end the episode early <laughs> so, then. Good. I can't separate. Gla them glad I passed the it's test. It's all one mm -hmm. big beautiful thing, right? Mm. Sh Shadowbringers is Infinity War and Endwalker is Endgame. <laughs> <laughs> that's how I rationalize it. Where Infinity War was just a little bit better. 
I mean, you know, we one all have our opinions on this for me and Walker yep. takes it, but not without its criticism. So, yep. I mean, it's one of the things I love about the game. I love that people will resonate with different portions of the story, mm -hmm. you know, and it's that's what we need. We need to have such a diverse, you know, storyline expansions that offer something different and that everybody finds something to connect with. So I love it. I love Everybody's going to like some like everybody loves something different, right? Like yeah. I. And Walker, it was okay. okay. But like, also, I'm over I, here like, Hildebrand's great. And there's some people out there that are like, this is the stupidest thing I have ever laid my eyes on. And that's, it's unfortunate, but that is, that's fine, right? <laughs> I hate, I hate the Hildebrand quest lines. But I got it. All right, I so that's going to do it for this week, everybody. Thanks for tuning okay. in. and Thanks for having me. <laughs> no, I, I got to, I got to hear your guys' take on Xenos. Uh, no. no, you don't. No, you no. don't. No. No. This is a how thing. much. This how much thing. time do you have, Liffy? We'll be here uh, I have. I have time. I have time. I think no, that, no, no. I think that you and I have the same feeling, maybe, about Xenos. And I've seen this a lot in people who come from other games, right? Like for me, I, I watch a bunch of WoW streamers. I love WoW. I've played WoW forever. Most of the WoW streamers are like, Xenos is the best ever, and I'm like. I'm kind of in between there, right? Like I, I'm, I can see it their way, but a lot of Final Fantasy XIV players are like, "No, Xenos is horrible. I never want to talk to him again." And it's just, it's this phenomenon that I can't explain. It's awesome. So, how do you feel about Xenos? I'll, I'll play the reverse card. Xenos is by far one of the best villains in Final Fantasy. He is see? one of the best characters in the game. See? He doesn't. He doesn't. He doesn't get close to Emmett because Emmett is right. on his own tier right. uh, by right. himself. But Xenos is just—he's just great. It's just hey. fantastic. All right, so Rook, if you want to meet me over here, we'll go do our own show, <laughs> yeah, and they can I'm just continue and, and wrap this up. Uh -huh. I've been trying Don't you to make dare a... include me in the Xenos lovers. How <laughs> dare you? I've been trying to figure out a, a unifying theory of why this is. And I, I really think that it's it's he's what he what he says he is on the 10, right? Like he's got this nihilism. You can yeah. understand it, not in the same way that you can understand him itself, but you just kind of see him and you're like, that makes perfect sense for a person to be that way. For 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 me for me I think it is it's an issue of can you appreciate a no bullshit non emotional motivation of right. a character and if you if you can if you can appreciate a villain like that Xenos is for you if yeah. you want a a moral yeah. dilemma for yeah. a villain something like Emmett if you need a good backstory for the villain to for for the villain to make sense then Xenos probably is not for you. That's at it's, least it's my been fascinating watching Rook's expression change during this because you can tell like she wants to be polite and and yeah. feel like she's interested in what you have to say, but then like she'll have like just just, just her face will change just a little bit. Like, can we talk about something that's actually interesting? <laughs> no, I, this this no. like do we no, underbuss her? Yeah. It's not that I don't find this interesting. It's that I know myself, and you all know yeah. me if you've been listening to this podcast at all. And if I open my mouth to talk about this subject, mm -hmm. we will it will not stop. Yeah. We will not, it will not stop. I, I, had, I had at least hours. like two two solid like counterpoints, and I'm like, nope, nope, nope. See, nope. I really want like that's something that I want to do. And like you said, just do it. But I'd love to get some more of the like wow streamers who got into it some more of the 14 community and just talk about things like these differences, right? Cause it's just, it's just coming from two different areas, right? So I, you want I'm a Xenos episode? Sure. 
I'm just gonna say good luck finding people yeah. that actually played the story from the WoW community. Yeah, that's oh. the other thing. Oh, give them more I mean, you've credit. Got, you've, got Preach, you've got Bellular, like, you got those guys. Like, that's what I... No, maybe I'm being a bit too harsh. Oh, yeah. I think Sinos was a good start, and they, yeah. they just didn't, like, didn't blow up the balloon entirely that is Xenos. Mm -hmm. Like, his, his balloon good. didn't get felled. Yeah, that's a great idea. He could have been good. I yeah. just felt like there were things missing. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And that's all I'll say about that. So, Liffy. Yeah. <laughs> yes, let's move on from this. We'll be here all yeah, day. Yeah. Although, Liffy, I do have to say that you, for you being such like a kind, lovely person, the sheer amount of glee that just sparkled in your eyes when you realized the absolute dumpster fire that like suddenly <laughs> we were all we were all in flames, like sitting here like, what about me? <laughs> And you're just I'm like, fine. <laughs> in the background. <laughs> My gosh. Um, so, Liffy, what's your favorite game to cast and why is it Final Fantasy XIV? Uh, <laughs> no, you can give us a different question. answer. <laughs> um, no, you have to lie now to make up for the Xenos comments. Okay. Um, so. <laughs> uh, I need to be very straightforward. I can't comment on uh, Crystalline Conflict yet because I have not actually cast Crystalline Conflict yet. That is uh, fair. On an, on an official broadcast. So um, I'm still waiting for the judgment there. Uh, the raids, I'd say on a, on a fun factor, are very similar to the WoW races, if not even a little bit more interesting because the Final Fantasy broadcasts always involve a lot of actual progressing of the fights because you've not seen these mechanic on PTR tests, you've not seen mm -hmm. how this is going to work beforehand, you've not read a dungeon journal about what's going what's gonna to happen, what's going to go on, and that's that's a big difference WoW broadcasts have, because you... If I, if I go into a WoW World First Race, I know 90% of the strats the raiders will use, how the bosses are going to work, and what mechanics these bosses are going to use before I even see the boss room for the first time. Um... Except for the very few occasional boss right. that is not going to be tested. Uh, the, the last boss on Mythic Difficulty usually isn't tested. Last year it was the last three. So Blizzard mm -hmm. kind of starting to go into the Final Fantasy direction with a lot of stuff as well. Because they are seeing, okay, people like blind progression a lot. Mm -hmm. We're just going to uh, do that as well for a test drive. And it went really well. I was actually impressed by how well it went. Yeah, this race um, was great. But... For me, honestly, uh, as a play-by-play -play caster, aka the guy that yells at the screen mm -hmm. that gets excited about stuff, I'm. It's it's a tough call between Valorant and League. I think Valorant is more hype. Mm -hmm. I think I like Valorant more, but League is very close behind. The the only reason why I'm not going to give it to League is because. You occasionally have games, depending on the meta, that are very, very slow, where you as a play-by-play -play right. don't have actually that much to do and to yell about. Or, no, I can't say you don't have that much to do. <laughs> or you don't have to, uh, you don't have opportunities to yell at your screen a lot. Right. Mm -hmm. It's just kind of the, the swinginess, right? Like the, the play-to-play -play just variation. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, if, if I mean, uh, the Korean League, the LCK, the last weekend had a game that went without a single kill. <laughs> for you guys that have played League of Legends, that is yeah. that is highly unlikely. First Blood, aka the first kill of the game, happened at 34 and a half minutes. Wow, oh and gosh. one minute later, the game was over. Wow. Holy! Yes. 
What? Wow. That is, but that is that is the Korean meta to the extreme, and we're back mm. in it. And I love it, but uh, <laughs> yeah, that, that's that's the reason Valorant takes the cake. It's mm. so funny to me that you mentioned the difference between um, the idea of like yeah, sight unseen progression or things like that between fourteen or WoW, because when I went on to do WoW's cast, I genuinely like in the days beforehand, as people were talking in the Discord, I could not figure out why people were talking about <laughs> mechanics that they hadn't seen yet. And I was I was sitting here and I was like, did they already release the tier? Did I miss it? Did I not make it to the first days? And I'm Welcome like- Welcome to PTR. <laughs> and I'm like checking everything. I'm trying to figure out, people are like speculating about what they think like the mythic versions are gonna be of those last three bosses. And I was like, how do they know? Like, did, was there a data, like did it get data mined? did it yeah. get and then yeah. finally i found out that they were like the dungeon journals and i was talking to people that played it and i was like wait a second they let you test all the bosses everything mm -hmm. <laughs> everything that final fantasy does not have and strictly prohibits like data mining like testing bosses mm -hmm. in advance etc wow has all of that and amped it up to 11 so yeah you have so you have every single mechanic and every single damage yeah, value of a of a boss mechanic data mined before the release, mm -hmm. and Blizzard is not doing any, not putting in much effort to conceal this data uh, data either. Mm -hmm. So wild to me. Mm -hmm. I mean, from what I had heard from people that I was talking to, on one hand, people seem to like some of the elements of it because it allows you to strategize in a way and like come up with things ahead of time to try and figure out how you want to do this or you know for those bosses that maybe they haven't seen yet to speculate and figure things out based off of the guidelines but i do have to say having watched both now i uh like you pointed out lithia i too really love seeing the actual discovery you know like mm -hmm. seeing those moments as groups are going through and they're going what in the world just happened did you see a debuff did you see this did you and then seeing it all come together and especially for Final Fantasy's race to world first and with this most recent ultimate when people started realizing there was the time turner mechanic and right. all this like that was such an incredible moment mm -hmm. I mean I it feels like I feel for me personally that the benefit of having that moment of surprise and discovery as a community just feels better to me I think mm -hmm. than um there... maybe the other side of it there was the wonderful case of Savannah's Windrunner in the second mm -hmm. tier of Shadowlands, which, um, despite all the data mining, people were not quite sure when the boss yeah. fight would end, because on Heroic Difficult, the, the middle tier, uh, the boss would die at 50% health. And you, were, you weren't quite sure, was that the same on Mythic? Because there was some data mined values that she would actually not die at 50, but at like 50, uh, 47 or 45, mm. something around the lines. So, just... Like a few days before ID reset, before reprogging, getting more gear, etc. Um, Echo, uh, the European guild, mm -hmm. uh, the best European guild, uh, they actually hit the boss, hit the hit that fifty percent mark, and the casters were yelling. Everyone was yeah. getting excited and hyped, and oh my god, the boss is gonna die! And she hits fifty. She goes under fifty. People start dying. People wipe. Boss goes yeah. down to forty nine, and the boss is not dead. And then everyone's like, "Damn." She actually does not die at 50. And <laughs> then you had to do a whole reprogression, replan the whole fight, pull out yeah. another 5% of damage on the boss out of thin air, which for Final Fantasy players, that's not much. That's like, okay, that's a natural cause of progression. Yeah, we've hit Enrage. Now we, we make up 30% mm -hmm. of the boss HP and DPS while we're actually playing the fight. And while that is, it is mental, unthinkable. Yeah. And 
it was a spectacular highlight of the tier, even though yeah. the players were not really too happy about not yeah. knowing it before. I watched that almost live, I think. I was oh like, oh, it's going to happen. Oh, it didn't happen. What is happening? <laughs> the the clip compilations of the players' yes. cams were gold. Oh, they're so good. <laughs> but yeah, no, uh, I'm I'm sidetracking you guys again. I'm so sorry. Oh, no, it's fine. no, was, no, no. That was, was a great story, things. honestly. Yeah. Uh, I I really hope Blizzard uh, Blizzard goes into the direction of mm -hmm. keeping things secret more, and they've. They've started to obstruct uh, and yeah. encrypt uh, data mined data, so people can't look at stuff in advance. Uh, all the like story cinematics that were uh, put in over the course of the expansion mm. of uh, Shadowlands. Now most of the stuff was encrypted and not viewable until that was actually released in game. So there's some yeah. steps being made. Uh, recently popped up a discussion about like along the lines of the discussion the Final Fantasy community had because that's what uh, triggered the whole thing. Mm -hmm. Third-party add-ons, yeah. yes or no? And there was a huge uh, conversation about that in the WoW community as well. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's it's a little bit of a different beast in the WoW community than it is in Final mm -hmm. Fantasy. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's to me that's that's one of the great things about MMOs. It's like the platform is the same, the community trappings and things like that. There's raiding, but the way that it manifests in each community because of each game, is the interesting part. Like, that's where you see the differences. Why someone who did 14 first goes over to WoW and doesn't change their UI, and everyone in WoW is like, oh my god, how could you play <laughs> with that? And here, it's exactly the opposite. Mm. Now, there is something that I think has been really interesting with uh, WoW specifically, um, because like you were talking about, I think there, and the third party add-on thing, we've also had mm -hmm. a whole discussion about that recently too, because like you said, many games and many communities are having to kind of deal with this. And when it comes to data mining and, and the fact that, I mean, 14 does take a harsher stance on this and is more locked down with a lot of their code and things like that than most other games, which gives us some great opportunities for things like these completely, you know, going inside unseen, doing these fights all the way through. Um, but that also has some drawbacks, especially when it comes to flexibility. And, you know, we talked mm -hmm. about a lot of that recently. Um, but one thing that I had seen that I, I thought was actually a really cool thing, and I big congrats are in order, but you were recently invited to WoW's community council that they have um, to be a part of that, which is awesome, first and foremost. Mm -hmm. Thank you. But for anybody who doesn't know, uh, the WoW community council are essentially members of the community that have been selected from among many thousands of applicants for varied experience playing and posting about the game, as well as their diverse perspectives. So they communicate essentially, as far as I understand it, between like with Blizzard representatives and on the forums and like work to kind of improve the game or, you know, talk about the game in that intermediary capacity, would you say? Um, it's basically, it's basically official forums for handpicked people where mm -hmm. the Blizzard devs, uh, can expect actually decent feedback, right. or at least somewhat decent feedback, because we all know there's a lot of strong opinions on the different communities of different games. And most of those uh, those opinions, while they, while they contain a kernel of good points, Mm. Most of it, it's pure garbage, and you can't really use it as a dev. Uh, it's unfilterable. I mean, it's true. Yeah. It's correct, though. <laughs> Sorry to whoever feels called out right now, but it is the pure truth. And <laughs> we all know. Search yeah. your feelings deep down. <laughs> we all know that it's, this is true. 
it's it's basically it's basically a new program by Blizzard as an attempt to facilitate more quality interaction with the developers. Mm-hmm. So my next question off of that then would be: Do you think that fourteen could benefit from something like this? Um, that's a very good question. I I don't think so. Really? I don't think so. No, because Final Fantasy, it seems like the devs are playing everything very close to their chest. Um, they do take feedback feedback from the community. There are a lot of adaptations made based on feedback from the community. I think they have a uh, a community team that is very competent, that knows exactly what the community feels uh, strongly about and is very good at giving that feedback to the devs. Um, and it also feels like the design intentions for Final Fantasy from the devs are, I don't want to say most of the times, but sometimes way different from what the players imagine the game to be mm. in their own heads. So if you if you let the general audience of Final Fantasy uh, have influence on the game, I think it would be a very different game from what it is currently. And mm. that might go well, that might go bad. I am in no position to judge that. But I think so far the devs are doing a great job with Final Fantasy. Um, it's not perfect. It's by far not perfect, but I think they're on a good road and I don't think they currently need more input from the community. I mean, in some, to some extent, they're kind of doing it, right? right. They're doing the, the early access, they're doing some community summits and mm -hmm. stuff like that where content creators get invited to play and Meeting give feedback him. on stuff. Uh, they even do de in interviews with the devs, which is absolutely amazing for mm -hmm. um, uh, the uh, Rook, I, I see that moon. I know, I know you were part of it. The, the interview. <laughs> uh, I'm so jealous. I want one of those. <laughs> yeah, um, I'll, you, I'll find one. You know, I'll send you one. <laughs> I, I, I forgot. I forgot what the event was called, but uh, the media oh, the media tour, tour media exactly. Tour, yeah. Yes, yeah. the media tour. Um, I think that almost counts as something like that, right? Because they bring yeah. in a lot of popular faces from the community, a lot of qualified opinions. In to play test the game, uh, basically. It's interesting and, to me yeah. uh, that wow, and it had there's so many content creators giving so much feedback, and then it's kind of ignored. I think wow, as you're saying, was in the opposite position where they had to bring more people in to get that feedback. Where 14 has been good at getting the feedback, not a hundred percent because who's going to be a hundred percent. But they're already mm -hmm. starting from that place of strength where WoW had to get there, I think. Mm. Yeah, honestly, when when thinking about this question, I had not thought about it framed the way mm. that you just talked about it, Lithy, which I actually think is a really fantastic point. And Aldino, like you were just saying, the idea that I do actually think that 14 is very responsive mm. overall to community feedback. And like we've seen with the forums and other things, it's one of the games where I feel like if I say to people, if you don't like this, go to the forums. And mm. I genuinely right. believe that yeah. like 
if you post there and if you give a good constructive you know note yep. about something mm -hmm. that there is a good chance that that will actually be received by the game and you know when we think about uh there's a lot of things within 14 which this could be a whole other discussion oh, yeah. right because even with stuff like the media tour this year we did see a lot of discussion and controversy or with some of the other promotional things where i think there has maybe been um some gaps in the connection or consistency of connection, particularly between 14 and content creators. We don't have like a formal partnership program. Mm -hmm. A very like select small bunch seemed to be able to be included. This was my first year ever being included and I'm so happy and it was amazing. <laughs> and it was everything I ever hoped for. But you know, there were a lot of years where there was a lot of uncertainty and like, I have no idea how to even touch base with them mm -hmm. as a creator, or I have no idea how to be an asset to this game sometimes. Um, you know, in a more professional capacity, um, right. which isn't to say again that 14 isn't doing a great job with this, but that when I was first reading about WoW's Community Council, I thought to myself, oh wow, what a cool way to like let people directly apply and say like whether they are just a player of the game or a content creator or, um, you know, whatever facet and be able to be a part of this bigger community base that would um, in a more pointed way give feedback about the game, I guess. But Honestly, I like your point about it too, in that like, I think that while we could maybe benefit from it, I don't know if it's necessary. I don't know if it's something that like at this point, like you said, needs to happen or else the game will end in a year. You know what I mean? Like it's not right. that at all. Mm -hmm. Well, <laughs> I think it, uh, oh, keep, keep going with Fusion. Keep going. I was gonna say, um, you know, we talked about how, how WoW kind of had to learn this lesson. 14 did too. I mean, think about, sure. Uh, mm. 1.0 alpha beta oh, forums. Gosh. Those things were an absolute mess. Let's not. We we Let's had yeah. we had devs failing to communicate about essential uh, gameplay systems, and then saying like, "Oh, the community just doesn't understand." When they like didn't. This it's like, well, then tell us what it's about. You know, <laughs> yeah. and this, it's, it's this might be a, a little bit of a far fetched take from my side, but. It definitely feels like Blizzard went through a similar stage as Final Fantasy uh, 1.0 went back in the day, mm -hmm. recently. I mean, yeah. of course, you have all the all the bullshit has, that happened on the on the corporate side of things mm -hmm. and is still going on, and will will not hear, have heard the last thing of that for a few more months at least. But they've they've done a lot of restructuring. They've done a lot of rethinking on a design philosophy level. So I'm pretty sure things we're going to see from World of Warcraft from here on out are going to be night and day compared to what we've right. seen over the last few years. And yeah. It's that, that that's kind of the the parallel to 14 I'm drawing and I am I am positively optimistic. Right. I'm not getting excited yet but I am positively optimistic. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean there's there's definitely I think 14 has been um, a model for a lot of other games out there for for communication and and transparency, um, mm -hmm. and, you know, and, and and again, like you know, talking about the idea of kind of having this kind of council for for like fourteen, I think that the kind of general feedback that they've been taking in is probably okay, and I think you know there are still things that you know we've kind of felt more recently, like if there's something Square wants to do, they're just gonna do it, and then they'll. <laughs> take feedback after the fact for, for some things. And I think, um, you know, with, with the media tour and stuff, they get, you know, they get media in, they get, um, influencers in, and I think they can take that. And yeah, I, I don't know that a council would help. I think I agree with you on the, on that mm -hmm. point. Um, yeah. Yeah. 
definitely uh, definitely an interesting topic to talk about. I mean, feedback in general is a hotly discussed topic in the gaming community in general. Yeah, uh, I mean, because it's... as mentioned, everyone has opinions, right? And mm. even <laughs> especially nowadays in this day and age, it is so easy to get your opinion out there and get it rolling. Yeah, and even if you uh, even if you have a hot take that is complete garbage, uh, like some certain streamers, then you still get a lot of uh, a lot of uh, momentum from it, basically. Right. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. He, let me let me follow this up then with a different question. Do you think Final Fantasy fourteen would benefit from having a PTR? Mm. Oh, um. Hmm. I don't think so. I don't think so. Um, okay. Because the reason the reason why you do a PTR, in my mind as a developer, is you want feedback on the stuff you want to put out before you put it out. Um, and depending on how you set the PTR up, you want p feedback from either specific people or from a wide variety of people. Um, it certainly would help uncover certain bugs and stress test systems and things like that. Uh, if they had a PTR with, for example, the housing lottery, I'm pretty right. sure that massive bug would have come up before it was released. But mm -hmm. on the other hand, um, it also opens it also opens a lot of uh, a lot of ways to kind of take away the magic because you mm, sure. show things before they are released, and that's one of the big things uh, for Final Fantasy, at least, because people don't know what's going on. Like, right. there's yeah. not much reason to test a msq on ptr because there's not too much that can be buggy and i'll be very honest it seems to me like the qa department square enix has in place to test and make sure final fantasy is bug free does a really damn good job right. because oh, there is yeah. not a lot of bugs that pop up in the final game yes there are bugs there will always be bugs but if you compare that to world of warcraft compare that to probably guild wars 2 as well mm. uh final fantasy is basically bug free and that is very impressive mm -hmm. you i mean yeah you're absolutely right it's definitely one of the most stable games that i play like all things considered we've had some big bugs that have happened or things yeah. that have gone through yeah it's very specific cases like you said but when you look at the overall release stability of things especially oh my gosh even before pandemic stuff i mean shadowbringers was probably the most stable flawless right expansion release that best I best launch I have ever seen yeah, yeah. ever in a game <laughs> you know like in any MMO ever so yeah I find myself agreeing with you I mean recently Guild Wars 2 did something where they did before the expansion they didn't do like a full-on PTR but they allowed players to like try out the new essentially new classes although they're called elite specializations so that you could go and you could play them a little bit then they could get some feedback about like how do you feel like this plays how do you feel like you know the class works do you feel like it's you know the builds are good do you mm -hmm. um and then they took feedback and then in various phases they did like three parts of this they would then make changes and like say hey this is what we changed now let's try it again and you know then you try the class again so in those sorts of capacities, I guess I wouldn't mind, you know, if we got to like preview Sage or something before the expansion came out or um, whatever they mm. wanted to test. But yeah, I don't really think 14 needs it. And I wouldn't, I would not want it to be there for the story and things. You I, know? I, I think it, in a sense too, I mean, they, they did kind of do that, right? I mean, each, each MMO. Media each, tour. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Media tour, right? So um, 
each each. But it's not a full public PTR. No, that, that's right. the big no, difference, I would say. no. But but they do still have um, a feedback window of of some sort. Is what I'm getting at. I mean, you know, thinking back to um, Final Fantasy XI. Um, I remember mm. for I think it was the fan fest with uh, Wings of the Goddess. They're like, okay, here's dancer, here's scholar, uh, and you can go play them right over here. Um, I mean, so that was how they would get feedback for for those jobs, right? For fourteen, it's it's the media tour. For Guild Wars, it's okay. We'll set up uh, this this thing where you can try out the new specializations. And I think it's it's one of those things where um, each company is going to do it a little differently. But I think it's important for especially for something like that, right? Uh, you know, like a like a class or a job or a specialization that's going to be around, right? You want to make sure that it comes out of the gate feeling good. Um, playing mm-hmm. good, you know, it's fun mm-hmm. to play, and so it's yeah. Cool. I mean, I, I see all that kind of stuff, like the media tour, or like the fan fest, hands on, or like uh, like a PTR. I feel like that's just the same thing, just done in in different ways. Uh, it's also that Final Fantasy isn't remotely complex enough to to necessitate a PTR. Like you don't need to extensively test a ninja rotation with a few changes on a PTR. Right. Yeah. to know if it's working or not. You can have internal designers figure that out on mm-hmm. themselves. On the other hand, if you have a class with three different specs that where each spec has a whole talent tree for both PvE and PvP that influences how the, jo- how the class plays uh, like you have in World of Warcraft, mm-hmm. you need the numbers from the community. You need trinkets. data coming in from it's thousands. a lot of, of stuff. Yeah, trinkets, all the gear, gear different just, stat builds, etc. You just need the data from the PDR yeah. to do even remotely some balancing, and even then, it's an absolute nightmare. And Blizzard right. can't get it right anyway. So, I'm, I feel I feel I feel Tell sorry us how you for, really for, feel, yeah. It's hard. It's it's a really hard yeah. problem that they have. Yeah, and and, and they uh, they make it worse. I know. I know exactly that the blizzard devs are not incompetent i know exactly oh, that, that that the people are working at blizzard are some of the most amazing devs working in the game industry and uh i'm, I'm lucky enough to call at least a few of them uh, mm-hmm. friends of mine it's just the you don't have the time to to do what is necessary because the the well yeah. the upper echelons of the company don't allow you to basically <laughs> And it, it happens, you know, like we, we had an example with Ninja when it first came out, like the community found a rotation that the devs did not expect. And it was far and away uh, too good for a patch. And then they fixed it. Paradox like it, Mage. It can happen. Hello? Yeah, Paradox <laughs> Mage. Exactly. <laughs> it's It happens. But yeah, it's it's much harder to rein it in there than here. Yeah. Balancing is a fun topic that the wide... <laughs> majority of the gaming community will never be able to wrap their heads around and it is just because of that what makes it such a difficult topic to talk about as well Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah 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 we could do honestly like a whole separate podcast even just comparing and contrasting a lot of that how balance is handled and how you know different games try to tackle this or deal with that problem i yeah i i mean me too it's so fun it's a great which which is also very interesting segue to do because as a shoutcaster, if you are casting games, especially if it's official gigs for the developer, mm-hmm. you don't get to roast them on stream. You don't get to talk <laughs> about, about, oh my god, this balancing is garbage. All right. 
not that's not a good way to retain your job, even if you're no. a good caster. <laughs> See no, Rich W. Campbell, who was fired from Blizzard a few years yeah. ago. Oh, yeah, it it can happen. Yeah, you yeah. know. Yeah, it's a tough well, place to be. Thinking about uh, casting again, right? Because we mm -hmm. we did a little tour through some games. Uh, let's specifically talk about. Uh, one of the main reasons we wanted to chat with you, which is 14's race to world first. And, you know, this scene that we're starting to see uh, kind of open up in no small part, thanks to Frosty's effort, uh, MogTalk's effort. And now, you know, you and many of the other team that have supported all these efforts from the very beginning or have come in at various points. So um, what would you say goes into planning these race to worlds first events Lithy. like if you were to just share with people a little bit behind the scenes about this and how you try to put this together and go about tackling this what would you what would you say about it um so it's two major parts two and a half actually uh one is the tech side of things do you actually have the tech and the manpower to get a stream running and put on a good show because you need a producer and a stream operator that does the scene swapping, that does the POV swapping, especially if you're watching multiple streams and makes sure the stream's running smooth, all the caster cameras are in, etc, etc. Uh, so that is for for me uh, personally and uh, in, inside of the team because we don't have people that are exceptionally great at it. We have, we have a few people that know their stuff and can, that can get it rolling, but we're not on the level of a professional production company, um, mm -hmm. which is why I was super happy that we got to work with the very essence for the last race, who have been doing a fantastic job. Um, but it's definitely a very, very tricky subject, uh, especially because we're working with purely volunteers. Uh, we don't have we don't have any budget to pay people what their what their work would actually be valued at, and it is very hard to find producers that are knowledgeable skilled and have the time uh, to actually do stuff like that because it's a it's a fun little nod if you want to if you want to secure job be a producer in esports you'll yeah. always find gigs <laughs> um but yeah so the tech department is a big thing um the other big thing is of course having casters because running a Running a show that, like, for example, The Savage Rays is a straight 18-hour broadcast and fill that with enough people to actually put on an interesting and entertaining show, not easy. Not easy to find that many people that are willing to sacrifice their time uh, without being paid for it. Um, so I'm very, very grateful for every single one of the casters that came in and offered their free time and their skills. But it definitely is one of the harder parts of putting on such an event. And yes, you can theoretically fill eight hours with just two people. But at some point, namely they're after... They're going to be tired. <laughs> they're going to be tired. They're going to be annoyed. And they're going to run out of conversation topics. Yeah. The hard limit for me for a caster duo is four hours. You cannot... You cannot make people cast together for more than four hours straight. They're going to run out of topics for the day. Broadcast is going to get stale. People are going to just turn it off because it's not interesting. And everyone's going to hate hate everything. And that's just not a good feeling. So if you, if you can swap casters every two hours, that for me is an ideal for the world race currently. 
and it works pretty well honestly uh, no one complained about it basically and it's usually time frames people are willing to hop in someone like right. preach uh, for example that sacrificed some of his time hopped in for an hour and a bit uh, to to chat with us uh, someone like zeppla actually did multiple shifts which mm -hmm. was absolutely amazing but it's it's definitely kind of the 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 mark where people are willing to just take some time out of the day just like that and hop in and to support you a little bit um everything past that you really get into the area of it's hard work it really is hard work um and then of course you have a the art department you want stream assets you want your broadcast to look good you want overlays and scenes if you're if you're being very luxurious you've got stingers and all that stuff mm -hmm. uh then you get into the world of graphics and overlays and leaderboards that are dynamically updated from API sources, etc., etc., etc. Part uh, partially uh, the tech side of things again. Um, and last but not least, wait, what's the last one? Uh, can't think of it now. Sorry. But yeah, oh, it's all good. I mean, there's and just so much that goes lot. into it. Yeah. yeah. It's a lot that goes into into uh, into such an event, and uh, yeah, it's minorly stressful, but also very rewarding if it works out in the end. Yeah, it's it it's so um, one of the things that I think is very interesting to like witness is how different these kinds of races can be compared to something like, um, you know, you were talking about Valorant or the, that kind of play by play or even the Final Fantasy XIV PvP that I've been able to cast with plus because in those moments, mm -hmm. right, things are just happening. People it's, you know, every match is a little bit different. You have the back and forth, you have the flow, you have the literal moments versus something more like world race progression, where if you're lucky on one shift, you get something that is this huge moment. I mean, you were talking about Zeppla and I still can't believe from this last race, one of my favorite shifts for ultimate was when <laughs> she and I were casting and we got to see the time rewind mechanic mm -hmm. for the very first time on the feed. But that was after like multiple shifts of, and they're pulling again. They died to ice. Here we go again. Here we what go are we going to talk about? Hey, what's your favorite ice cream? <laughs> yes, and it's like sometimes people will come into one of the casts, I think, for like five minutes out of the entire event. And they're like, why are they eating jelly beans or talking about ice cream or laughing? Oh my god, like, can the castes please talk about the boss? Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> and you're just like, we've been talking about the boss for eight hours. <laughs> so it definitely becomes this almost more like longer form thing where I loved what you said earlier about the role of a caster. The role of a caster is to create a story, a journey, a narrative structure, right? Who's the underdog team? What's the team that everybody, you know, they're so strong. You just want to see them taken down. Who's the, like creating these almost narratives of each team, what they're doing, the actual thing itself, like the community, their own, the scrape squad or scrapes and all <laughs> the stuff that happened. Um, like, there have been these moments and memories, particularly from the world's first progs, where like you get, I think, a longer form experience that becomes a memory in the community. Yes. And that's incredible. But it is something that like, yeah, if you tune in for five minutes, you're probably not getting the whole story, you know? Mm -hmm. um, 
So it's very different. And I, I'm really glad that you went into detail about a lot of the technicalities, because I know even from the Savage Race to Worlds First, where we were doing the, um, you know, long, 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 long hours near constant broadcast versus something like Ultimate, where we weren't able to cover the entire event and we had to do shorter mm -hmm. days. There were a lot of questions in the community, like, why aren't you doing 24-7 coverage? Why aren't you? And it's because of all the things you pointed out, where it's like, well, we have no budget and we're raising money for charity. And, or, you know, like, for, for anyone, anyone curious uh, what the budget just on the tech side for the production for such an event is the four days, uh, six hours each broadcast we did for the last Ultimate World Race. Usually working with a professional uh, production company uh, costs you a not a low five digit number mm -hmm. of money so cool. it is it is expensive yeah. it is expensive and uh yeah that's one of the one of the reasons why frosty already was looking into it when he was still uh doing the the world race stuff but um it's something we're at least hoping to tackle for the next race is bringing in mm -hmm. sponsors and right. that is going to be a much different thing then um well it hopefully improves the broadcast further the quality further but uh, yeah, it's definitely come with some changes. Uh, so we'll have to we'll just have to see. But it, mm -hmm. it's definitely it's definitely not easy to put in a high quality broadcast. You can definitely put in a somewhat decent looking broadcast with just a few people sitting at home on their PCs having a rough idea yeah. of what they're doing, and still it's gonna be a good time. But most of the quality is then gonna come through the casters and not necessarily the mm -hmm. stream quality, the assets, the production value, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so, yeah, it, it's it's definitely, it doesn't seem like big things to change, but if you have someone in charge that actually knows their stuff, it is night and day. Mm -hmm. So how many Mog Talk events have you been a part of at this point? You were talking earlier about Chiva and uh, the Eden tiers, right? Yeah, um, I think, I think that was my third. So I, the first time I cast it for the uh, the last Eden race, um, that was the first time me just casting. Um, and I've done some casting for the the little hell mode community events that were put on with. I think it was. Um, face temperance um mm -hmm. in between did some casting for that but in general this was my first uh, my third final fantasy world race uh the pandemonium was the first one i had a major part in organizing i took care of organizing all the casters for the broadcast and yeah well the the last uh, the last ultimon uh, for dsr uh, the ultimate race uh, was with me i i guess you call it technically uh, the executive producer for the whole mm -hmm. thing uh, being the guy in charge basically which <laughs> funnily enough basically consisted of me discussing a bunch of things with the team and then ultimately going to frosty be like yo you were gonna do we're gonna do this you <laughs> yeah. okay with that yeah sure do whatever you want <laughs> the quintessential role of a producer and being the connective tissue yeah 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 so yeah no third Third Final Fantasy race, but then of course there I've been part of every single WoW World First race since uh, Jara's Eternal Palace, which was 
can't remember. Many years ago. <laughs> Are you gonna Release be that? Like, you should have made yourself sad earlier. We're all <laughs> old. July, July 9th, 2019. Yeah, I was about to say 19. That's not too bad. No, it's not, not bad. too bad. That's, bad. that's why it was worse, because I was like, it's only like four years, five years ago. Yeah. But it feels like that. What were some of your favorite moments from uh, 14's race uh, to the world first? Uh, just some of the some of the caster shifts were just so fun to watch. Uh, especially <laughs> you and Zeppler Rook were. Uh, it was that was amazing. That was my was favorite amazing. block. Yeah, yeah. The the Rook Zeppler love... shift was great. I would love to cast with her again. It was so much fun. I think we both just our hype feeds into the other's hype and it just yeah. like Yes. <laughs> yeah. And it was you, it you was, just you just snowball off each other. It was great because I you know, she would she would provide some insight on stuff and then uh you know, talk about like prizes and stuff, and then you were like right quick with that stuff. Like it worked out so well with the two of you. I loved it. It was so good. Um on top of that, I mean just the fa just the fact that we got uh the insane amount of donations in uh, that definitely takes the cake. I think we we, we did like what almost 30, 32,000 for the last ultimate race, which mm -hmm. was absolutely mental. I still yeah. need to do a Yoshtola cosplay since we hit that 30k. <laughs> oh my gosh, I completely <laughs> forgot. I will never forget again. You are going to show yep. up at that next race to world first in that costume, Lithy. It's no, it's it's not going to happen for next race. I just don't have the the space to work on a cosplay. Uh, there's a there's a little guest bed behind me that needs to be thrown out, and I need <laughs> to buy a workbench before I can actually get to working on the cosplay. But just it put is going to happen. Cardboard on the bed. That's a workbench. It's. <laughs> I've worked. I've sewn a costume I, on a floor before. You, yeah. Floor's fine. <laughs> I've done a lot of degenerate stuff in my life uh, in regards to cosplay. I am never going back to that. If I if I do another cosplay, it is uh, gonna be comfortable. Right. That but was yes, one of no, my it is highlights from the last race. You agreed to do a, a cosplay of Ishtola. That was so good, and we smashed that goal. Oh my god! The worst, the worst part is that the community makes uh, is going to make me do the froth and foam scene as well. So, yeah, Good. well, yeah, you have to right. as they as they should. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, no, that that's definitely a highlight. Um, Are you practicing your voice? Then, you got it. I do uh, my lawyer has said uh, told me <laughs> I'm not supposed to talk about that. But, no, they got uh, they got a I got they got a plush of that familiar coming out. Oh yeah. You better get it. Uh, you yep. better get it. Props are important. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Good to know. Thank you. <laughs> um, no, but yeah. Um, in general, uh, last race we had preach on for an hour, just chatting mm. with him about his experiences was great. Uh, of yeah. course, just in general, ha having Zeppelin involved was fantastic. Uh, the last, the last. Um, Savage Race. We had a we had a segment with Alex Bukala and Husky, um, mm -hmm. showcasing some of the awesome uh, members of the Final Fantasy community outside of the raiding, etc. Uh, was absolutely fantastic. I think the last Eden Race we actually did a long interview block with the crafting team for TPS, so the World First Race crafter. We had them on mm -hmm. for a little bit of a segment, and uh, that's some of the, the some of the cool stuff uh, that I'm. 
looking forward to, to doing again because for me um the way i experienced the final fantasy world race coming in uh and the way i want to keep keep it heavy having blah, 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 blah. the one the way i want to keep it going forward is a celebration by the community for the community and that for me mm. involves showcasing some of the amazing people that are inside of the community be it artists be it uh other content creators like musicians uh which Quite honestly, there are a lot of really cool people in the Final Fantasy space that do a lot of stuff. Um, I think for Moogle sure. Troop, for example, uh, in the past has been involved with the Final Fantasy races, uh, does a bunch of in-game music things, mm -hmm. which is really, really cool. So things like that. It's just always, always special. And, and then just all the people coming together to just have some fun and have a good time. It's always special. Yeah, yeah, it is. It really is. And it's been special to see, to tune into, to be a part of. Um, I mean, you mentioned the amount of money raised, uh, not like let alone all the things that we get to witness and do, but let alone the actual money raised for good causes with, the, uh, you know, the race to World First for charity, which is such a huge part of the whole event. So uh, like you mentioned earlier, Dragon Songs Reprise uh, raised $31,254 roughly for Doctors Without Borders and their efforts in Ukraine in just four days, which is even yep. more staggering. Um, and before that, uh, the race world first for Asphodel Savage raised roughly 21000 for Extra Life, which is also incredible. Mm, I think yeah. it was 27,500-something 27. for the uh, for the Savage race in, like, 17 hours. So it was... Oh, well, wow. yeah. even more than uh, the one that I had seen. Wow, that's so yeah. cool. Um, so how does the team pick the charities that they want to raise money for? Uh, <laughs> uh, good question. Um, so for the Eden race, I didn't pick the charity. I have no idea how Frosty came to the one. Um, but for the last race, we talked about it as the team in terms of like, what do we want to do? And since we've had done children hospital charities the last few times with the world race that was an obvious choice to consider as well just do that again we're just doing something for kids again which honestly was a great idea but on the other side ukraine conflict was a very uh, a very present topic in general but also in the final fantasy community since zeppler as a personal effect personally affected member of the community kind of brought in a lot of that uh, as well so yeah i actually uh i gotta i want to i want to be a little bit transparent there because my initial reaction was i don't want to do anything uh in regards to ukraine because i i personally prefer to stay away from political topics but sure Thinking, thinking about it and hearing some feedback from the other members of the team and then seeing the Doctors Without Borders charity initiative. Because um, mm -hmm. I, was, I was literally just clicking through Tiltify and checking some, some charities to get some inspiration on what, what's going on, what, what could we support, what could we do. And then I saw the fundraiser for Ukraine and I thought, hey, Doctors Without Borders is an amazing cause. Uh, mm -hmm. That's definitely something I'd support no matter what. And combine that with Ukraine, it just seemed like the right thing to do in that moment. And that's how I picked uh, the charity and no one had any objections. And that's what we went with, really. And yeah, so it's really 
the selection process is just whatever the hell we feel like. (laughs) (laughs) That makes sense. That makes sense. Uh, I mean, it's, it's incredible to see what the final fantasy community will do for a good cause. You know, Mm -hmm. I mean, it's incredible. Like there's no reason that anybody would ever have to donate, but people aside from all of the ridiculous incentives or the really fantastic incentives, like the artists that donated commissions or um, any of the other, you know, various 3d printed oh God, things yes. or merchandise yeah. that we've, that they've have been given away to those who donated. Um, I mean, it's, it's amazing to see that, but even without any of those incentives, I still feel really confident in that our community would still donate to great causes. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? There's yeah. so much love yeah. there um, and such a giving the- heart. The reception for the donation incentives was actually incredible. I think we had over 350 people donate enough for the highest mm-hmm. tier of donation incentives for the yeah. uh, for the art portrait, and over 400 people for the second highest for, for second highest for the uh, wow. sketch portraits. Yeah. So yeah, definitely, definitely, really, really, really amazing feedback on that one. So uh, yeah, a lot of art. <laughs> it really is. It's not. It's not. A, it's not a lot of art. It's three artworks, but it's a lot of people supporting <laughs> yes. the idea of art. So maybe we can get some more art in for next time. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh-huh. So, what are you hoping for uh, from future Savage Tears and Ultimate content? Um, from the raids itself, or from the race broadcasts? I guess both. Why not both? I think both. Yeah, both. Okay, okay. Um, okay, let's talk about rate design for another hour, shall we? <laughs> I'm down. Let's go. <laughs> um, hmm, that's a tough questions, question. Honestly, uh, I'm I'm just hoping for some banger music because the first <laughs> Asphodelus tier yeah. was okay. Mm-hmm. was okay but nowhere close to shiva uh right. or titan or leviathan like there's there's not a single there's not a single track in asphodelus where i'm like yeah i need that for my playlist well, mm-hmm. the other stuff the uh, definitely is on. it's okay it's okay yeah. but not quite my jam the other ones were remixes though like the content was yeah. already there and this is new I don't can, know. I just like okay, it because I'm a, I'm a sucker for a good remix. I mean, <laughs> can I rant for a can yeah, I rant for a ahead. second? How disappointed I was about Ensinger X. Oh, oh yes. my god! Oh my no, god. Yeah. So mm. were we. What happened mm. with that one? Like, <laughs> I don't know. They literally just reused the Shinryu music. You don't even get the like amazing piece yeah. from mm. elsewhere in the fight. There's like no the way, bonus yeah. phase. Like if I just. Like, just that, just that guitar hitting on the normal end walker mm-hmm. and singer and singer transition, like the the light the way, and yep. then the guitar kicks in. Oh my god, I get goosebumps every, every single time. time. But and the X, it's like I've heard this track before. This yeah. is boring. Why? I don't even want to farm this. Why? <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, yep. no, I'm hoping for some. I'm hoping for some banger music. I'm hoping for some interesting mechanics. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're probably going to find a mechanic that we're going to uh, name some things rampant again. Because yeah. we find one every tier by now. Every time. And no, on top of that, not much. I'm expecting, because I know that the raid team is going to deliver an mm-hmm. amazing experience anyway. So just going to be waiting and be excited for whatever they come up next. Um, the fun wash over you. Mm-hmm. Exactly, 
exactly. Um, but on the broadcast side of things, uh, there's a lot of stuff I would love to do. Uh, I'd be very excited to do. Um, I mean, I could just talk about a little bit of the end goals in terms of if we could, if we had all sure, the budget yeah. in the world, sure. we would do this. So if we had all the budget in the world, we'd have every single caster on site for a remote, uh, for mm -hmm. a in-person broadcast in a studio. Uh, yeah. We'd have ideally even a few rate teams there on site as well. Uh, we'd be able to fly in some of the community members to have them in the studio as well. Uh, maybe do a live jam session with Alex Mukala and Husky yeah. and stuff like that. Uh, oh, it'd be so fun. It'd be so fun to hang out it, with everyone. Right? It could be right? such an event, right? Yeah. Like, it, it should be the uh, event. We, we, definitely, we definitely do one or two DJ sets because there are some amazing DJs in the mm. Final Fantasy scene. I It's one of my favorite pastimes nowadays, actually. I just hang out in these DJ streams. <laughs> uh, some really, really good music. Um, but yeah, just, just things like that. Just up the broadcast. More memes, more people, more, more broadcast. And cooler and cooler, even cooler charity incentives things mm -hmm. like that but that is definitely a lot of wishful thinking but look square there was no physical e3 you got some event budget <laughs> yeah let's go they're not a i don't think they're at gamescom either so yeah let's make it happen we get your money so we can go back to vegas <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah um but if we're talking a little bit more realistic for next event the dream goal would be getting get some sponsors in Get enough, get enough budget from the sponsors to get out, uh, get out of the whole thing on zero. Actually, mm -hmm. pay the people involved for the work they do. Pay casters, pay the tech staff, pay all the people contributing. Is so much, so much effort and time, um, and be able to just uh, deliver another great race. And past that, it. There's a few. There's a, there's a few things you could improve. Uh, namely, obviously, would be to feature the top teams, get the top teams streaming, because mm -hmm. that's going to make the race that much more exciting. It's not going to be uh, exclamation mark TPS in the chat. No, they're not streaming. Yeah. Well, now we do actually need to watch for other teams as well, since TPS, uh, well, they fell a little bit flat last race, obviously. So mm -hmm. I'm really curious to see where they land next time around and how the other teams perform. Like Neverland did an amazing job on the Absolutely. world first. I'm really, really, really curious how they're going to do next year. Um, but that is also very much down to if the players want to stream because compared to WoW it is not a good decision to stream your progression in Final Fantasy mm -hmm. because people can steal your strats and will get a substantial advantage from right. doing that mm -hmm. so um, that's definitely in the ballpark of we would like to but I have no idea how realistic it is mm. but yeah just getting some sponsors in and making it worthwhile for people to be involved and maybe even being able to pay some of the larger content creators to appear on the show to mm. get them in and get them interested uh, because in the end it's a broadcast it is work and people need to be paid for their work and that's how the world runs even if it is for a good cause mm -hmm. yeah and i mean it's incredible to me because I, I think maybe from like the outside looking in, if you're hearing like, oh, we want to be able to pay everybody. I mean, of course, we all want everyone to have their sure. time compensated, but it's 
sometimes I think people don't realize like, well, if content creators do stuff for free, like why not do something like this? You're getting so much viewership, you're getting so much. But even just seeing the difference between having that funding and what you can do, not only, you know, to respect the time and the talents of the people that are there, but to even like, you know, bring in more talent or mm -hmm. to just raise the overall profile of the entire event. Because when you think about how mm -hmm. many people tune into these, how many people watch these from all mm -hmm. sorts of different games, not just from things like 14. Um, you know, you yourself said that you got interested in 14 because of stuff like Ultimate, right? And because yeah. of some of these like higher profile releases that happen that have these sort of ripple effects throughout the gaming community. So every single like bit of support in this kind of endeavor, be it people watching to people financially backing it to, mm -hmm. yes, maybe realizing that dream of actually having something like, a, a real location and all these filming things that could be done with it and um you know or even just kickstart your esports career right right yeah we've, we've, mm -hmm. we've brought in a bunch of people that have never cast it before and never mm -hmm. casted an english broadcast and i was super happy with the work they've done and oh my gosh yes i mean start, I, I was one of those people like you <laughs> took a chance and you let me do it and i realized that I loved this, right. you know, like I had never tried it before, but to have the opportunity Honest, to honestly, do it. Honestly, Rook, you were you were way too good to get a pass <laughs> on this. Is the first that that was my first esports event ever. It was my first. I had never cast one. Like seriously, I'd never cast one before. I was so nervous. I <laughs> I started picking up on how a lot of the veteran, a lot of the veteran casters would be like, absolutely after they would like sure. pass off the torches like an indicator mm -hmm. verbally to each other so i was like um Copy, okay i'm yeah. just gonna start saying that a whole bunch now so somebody would stop it <laughs> don't like, don't don't oh god don't say absolutely <laughs> <laughs> absolutely and like now with a bit more experience right like i've been trying to vary things up i've been trying to learn from mm -hmm. all the different people i'm paired with i've been trying to learn about the different types of casting and how those roles play off of each other but i wouldn't have had that opportunity if i hadn't been able to cast with mog right. talk first that's literally what even got me to the point where I was reached out to cast about, wow, mm -hmm. you know, like, yeah. and after having seen what they can do with the budgets that they have, I have no doubt that even those teams that are hesitant to stream now for good reasons, right? Yeah. There comes a point where you would be like, it is worth it to be a part of this. Like mm -hmm. visibly, it is worth it to I... be a part of this professionally. Like, yeah. I remember t the TPS guys saying like, what would it take for you guys to stream proc? And mm -hmm. they were often jokingly mentioning, like, give us 10k each and we'll do yeah. it. And that sounds that sounds funny, but yeah. that it's... is that is numbers sponsors yeah. are willing to pay for a large esports broadcast without betting with an eye twice. Mm -hmm. So yeah. it's, it is not unrealistic. Marketing, and, is, yeah, marketing is nuts. It's great. Yeah. Yes. It, it's yes. great. The marketing budget some large companies burn through in a year is mm -hmm. mental. It mm. is mental, and yeah. that is something I I kind of I kind of want to talk about it uh, as well. Um, is just pay for casters and uh, mm -hmm. staff in general on esports broadcast because that is always something that is very uh, untransparent, basically. When mm -hmm. I when I first got into casting, just talking about what I what I what my worth is and what the normal pay is, such such a hard issue to go through because there are not many people if you're starting out that you know that you can talk to and that you can ask like what you 
what are you getting paid for a day of, day of broadcast? Like, if someone approaches me with a cast opportunity, like, what do I ask for? What is, mm -hmm. a, realis what is a realistic day rate for a normal caster? And there it is. It is such a it's a such a wild west out there because people probably will try to undercut you uh, if you undersell yourself you will be paid under value mm -hmm. and it is it is very hard as a small caster especially if you're not a streamer content creator with a large mm -hmm. community uh, to figure out what you're worth and even harder to get actually paid what you're worth because if you don't bring in an audience for small broadcasts, etc., people are super unwilling to pay you according to what you're worth. So it's a lot of doing things for free, doing things for low rates to get your foot in the door, proving yourself and working your way up, basically. But in theory, if we talk about what we're doing for the Final Fantasy Mock Talk World Race, mm -hmm. basically, average pay for a caster on this show should be for let's say a four to six hour cast day should be at least four hundred dollars mm -hmm. if not more uh, like in an optimal world right. i'd pay i'd i'd pay people seven to eight hundred dollars a day mm -hmm. and i am not even sure if that would be a fair rate so right. i mean your talent at that point you know what i mean like yes. th this is what we're talking about you know yes. in in the greater production industry of broadcast like it's very similar to sports right like, you know, we're gamers. We don't like to think about that. But it's true. That is exactly what mm -hmm. it is. And that's why there's the contracts. That's why there's the compensation. And it's really the missing po uh, part, right? So, yeah, it, yeah it, it's, it seems weird to be talking about money when you're talking about games. But it's, it goes hand in hand. It really does. Because we're talking about paying people an exposure for doing very tough jobs, like you're saying. And people who and don't get exposure. And Pansy Brush in, in chat is mm -hmm. exactly saying exactly exactly that that free exposure is not fair pay, no. and that is exactly the point. And no. yeah, it is it is a hard step to get out of that. Mm -hmm. yeah. And when you think That's about too, like basically. content creators, esports, these sort of newer scenes that are springing mm -hmm. up thanks to technology, streaming capabilities, and so many other things, right? Um, large scale distribution of digital events. You know, there's so many ways for people to right. tune in, broadcast, and now witness these things. This is a field that is being formed like as we speak, right? And whereas there are many things in like the acting world, um, you know, like the various guilds and, you know, like the, the different, you know, protective groups you can get into um, or, you know, various things that will, again, ensure rates to some degree. Although, mm -hmm. of course, in the arts, this is always a thing no matter what. <laughs> like, um, but I mean, I think particularly in the tech industry and in the gaming industry, all the way to devs, we've seen a severe mm -hmm. undervalue underpay this kind of correlation where these industries are starting to try to like go neck and neck with like well hey if somebody else is programming and they're getting paid twice as much as i am and i'm yeah. programming the same amount and the same difficulty of things but for video games and i'm getting paid all the way down here then like what's happening with this and particularly with casters and stuff i mean like you said or with content creators part of how we set our rates is literally just people being like how much do you get <laughs> and they said that right. was fine okay and you know yeah. you'll like go and you'll try and, and you'll just see if you'll get paid that and hope like yeah. but and like, casters across esports are yeah. still like miles behind the pay that traditional sports talent mm -hmm. gets and, Absolutely. and it's the that same is a shame job. It it's is. the same job yeah. it takes yeah. the same level of energy professional the same skill. way 
Yes, and like you were talking about earlier, the amount of preparation, the like if you want a really insightful, engaging host, there's a lot that goes into it that's far beyond just those handful of hours they might be live, you know? Mm, yeah. 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 Well, speaking of events and changing gears a little bit and mm -hmm. uh, thinking back to the beginning of the cast here, we hear that you'll be casting for the upcoming official Crystalline Conflict European Cup <laughs> alongside Brian Ricardo. So I was just wondering, what can you tell us about the event? What can you tell anybody about that? It's going to be July 21st and 22nd, I believe, mm -hmm. uh, just to reiterate mm -hmm. for anyone. But what can you tell us about it? Um, uh, that is a very good question. Uh, so I'll be very careful here because mm -hmm. I am still under NDA for the exact details. And a lot of uh, the details are still to be determined since it is very much a work in progress. But... Yeah, basically, what was talked about on this stream is going to be on uh, on Chaos Data Center for EU, um, according to the community member, uh, the community managers. Uh, it shouldn't be an issue if you are on light, because both data centers should be able to participate. Hmm. Um, the signups are going to be first come, first serve. Get your buddies, get your friends, and sign up when the signups go live, and hopefully you're fast enough to get in. Yeah. And from there on out, it's uh, going to be two days of games. And I think that's everything that's going to be uh, that was talked about, right? Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Yeah. So it's going to be it's going to be some great fun. It is going to be amazing and definitely keep your eyes out for more details. So, yeah, no, it's it's going to be fantastic. Mm -hmm. It's going to be so good. I can't I'm wait. hoping with the EU, maybe we'll see an NA at some point. Maybe we'll see some other, you know, it'd be so fun. It'd yeah. be so yeah. good. <laughs> The more people sign up and the more people watch, the more likely it is that we'll mm -hmm. see an NA Cup. Yeah, I mean, and I, and I think it's it's cool because I mean we've had um, you know feast tournaments at at FanFest before, right. but yes, um, obviously FanFests have been a little different the last few years. Um, mm -hmm. So I I love that they're kind of doing something in in the meantime, right? Right. Um, and maybe this will end up leading to you know another big uh, you know. Uh, thing at, at at a at a future yeah. fan fest um i think that'd be really cool so it's it's nice yeah. to see um you know parts of, of square enix working with the community and and doing something yeah. um while we Rook. wait for you know to all hang out again can you can you imagine the two of us casting don't <laughs> I've already imagined it like 50 times and then yeah. I keep telling myself like don't you dare imagine it don't you dare imagine it until it No might you you got to you got to you got to dream big in esports yeah. if you have you need, a, you need a high level goal to work towards yeah. I mean Lithy that would legitimately be a dream but I mean Will it honestly, into existence? Yes so. I mean yes I would love yeah. I mean I've been casting with um you know plus on these PVP tournaments but especially especially to get to cast with you would be so special um and i am so ridiculously excited that you're doing it like i the moment the moment i don't even know if you would retweet it like you retweeted something or brian retweeted something and he weren't even saying a word about it yet before the broadcast and i was like hold on a second i'm getting <laughs> Wait vibes a second. from these two what's <laughs> going on here so like when you came into stream the other day and i was like lizzie please give me the lowdown <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm so happy for you. It's mm. going to be amazing. Mm. It's so well-deserved. You've given so much to this game and so many others. I cannot wait to see you cast this because it's going to be awesome. Thank you. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll try to ignore my imposter syndrome knocking at the door. But, <laughs> yeah. hey, you got we'll this. We'll get you and Brian back here to talk about it, maybe. Ooh. <laughs> hey, I'd, I'd, I'd be 
I'd be honored to. <laughs> We're just going to secretly spring the next episode of uh, First Edition on you. So be like, yeah, come talk about PvP. Actually, here's your character sheet. Here's your, yeah. <laughs> I was like, we have to have <laughs> five minutes before. We we'll give you a few minutes I mean, to look this over. You're talking about big dreams. Oh, I have big dreams for this uh, First Edition. I've, I would love to have people guessed as NPCs or Wait, just another first adventure. Ed- first Edition? Yeah, that's what we edition. call it. Yeah, it's our D&D oh. Final Fantasy 14. Because it's on, on the, the first. On oh, the first, but yeah. it's but it's not it's not it's not actual it's not, first edition. No, 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 I was no. about to say, is no. it is it based on fifth edition? Then I can get on yeah. board. Yeah, there's there's a member who uh, kind of did a conversion. So that's what I we're playing. saw that. I saw yeah. that. Yes, that looked really cool. I it, hey, I'm, I'm I love myself some D and D. I'm down <laughs> if you need a player. It's it's, a, it's a great time. We we play with ropes. We I think somebody bit a, a <laughs> nipple. That's just you. That's just uh, are you are you sure that's okay on Twitch? Uh, <laughs> we have the yeah. Mature. It was fine. It sounds weird out of context, but if you were actually yeah. there, you would understand. <laughs> yeah. No, it's so weird. Even if you were there, for wow. sure. Yeah. <laughs> No, but it's going to be a great event. And everybody, again, make sure you tune in. Um, Keep an eye out for further details about that European Cup. And just like Luthie was saying, show support. Go be excited. Because, like, we want more community events. We want more visibility. We want more opportunities for casters to be able to work and have these, you know, opportunities to shine and to work in tandem with Square Enix. Like, the more community events that we can get for 14, the better. So just, like, Mm -hmm. go. Even if you're not interested in PvP, you might find out that you really secretly are. And -hmm. and if you are into PvP and can't care about this tournament, esports stuff in general, but hate that the balancing and stuff isn't getting enough attention, give support to the stuff that is actually the forefront commercial commercial Mm -hmm. banner for the game mode. Because if issues pop up there, trust me, no bugs are getting fixed faster than stuff that's appearing on esports broadcast. Yep. Trust me. That yeah. exposure. That, that stuff is gone in a heartbeat. So if you want your game balanced, support the, support the broadcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <sighs> that is going to do it for us today, Lithy. Before we end this, uh, what I mean, obviously, we know you have the, the European Cup coming up. What else do you have going on, uh, and where can people find you on the internet? Oh boy, um, you can find me on Twitch, uh, twitch.tv slash Lithi, uh, Twitter at Lithiara, because Twitter won't give me my actual name. We'll work, we'll work on that. But <laughs> other than that, really yeah, nice. of course, the Crystalline Conflict Cup that is coming up middle of July, definitely stay tuned for more details and of course the sign-up date for that. That should be coming soon, TM. Um, and other than that... Uh, I mean, I'm casting the uh, VCT EMA, EMEA playoffs uh, next weekend for Valorant, uh, the German broadcast at least, and uh, got some other, some Valorant stuff in the, in the mm-hmm. works, some League of Legends, maybe some World of Warcraft, you know, uh, just just the usual, whatever whatever I can find, whoever wants to get me on their screen, I'll be there. Mm-hmm. That's usually what I do. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> All right. Uh, for me, you can find me Twitter, Twitch, YouTube at Rafflederg. Zen, where can they find you? Hi, you can find me on Twitter at Zenidra underscore A. I am on Twitch at Strawberry Bop, and also sometimes on uh, Plus One Shot. Plus the word, when the number shot the word. That's a D&D podcast that Charles and I work on. We have three games mm. going right now because we're crazy, but it's a good time. 
And we will have one tonight at 11 Eastern with our Australian crew. That's why it's so freaking late. <laughs> yep. <laughs> All do you know. Here and We're only here. Forever. Here and only here. That's forever it. and ever. Until. Yeah, forever and ever. Until. Until the OnlyFans. Only yeah. Only I mean, you know, I'm on Twitter as uh, Al Dino. Um, that's hard to spell, I know. Uh, it's on the screen right now. You Al Dino? <laughs> Listen, wow. I got all the puns yeah, I think in that's today, the okay? first one. That's the first time I've heard that, I think. Uh, yeah, I'm working on the OnlyFans. And, uh, you know, honestly, if it wasn't for the transition period of my job, I would have also applied uh, to help with Raid for World First. So, I don't know. Maybe next time. If you want to get involved, if you want to get eighth right radio block, let's go. (laughs) Connect up there. (laughs) We could we could definitely get something going there. All I'm saying is I'm not putting anything in my mouth for charity. (laughs) (laughs) I thank you for phrasing it in that Uh, way. That's exactly yeah. No, I just please someone clip that out of context. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yes, please do. Uh, but yeah, that's it. All right, and last but not least, Rook. Where can people find you on the internet? You can find me on Twitch at Rookery, R-O-O-K-U-R-I. You can find me on YouTube at the same and Twitter, Rookery underscore, until I can pry Rookery out of mm. Twitter's cold, dead hands. Ooh, uh, yes, one. yes em- emphasis on Rookery. Apparently, so it's it's been a, it's been a few weeks. Apparently, the old slide auto loaded for some reason. So Aww, it, is, it is not. It is no longer. Very <laughs> no, I was looking at this. Brand. I'm like, something's not matching up here with. The... <laughs> uh, the artist formerly known as Bird of Chess. I am yeah. agree now. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. <laughs> Oops. Sorry about that. Um, if you want, you can contact the show. You can email us aetheritradiogamerscape.com. You can tweet at us at aetheritradio. You can also find us as Gamer Escape on Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, Facebook, and Discord. Discord.gg slash Gamer Escape. We've got an 8th Right Radio channel on there where you can come and talk to us about the show. And that's it. We did it. We did an episode. Made it. Everybody was here. Lithy yeah. was here. We talked about things. Yeah, thank you so much for having time. me. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I can't wait. I'm, I'm, I'm super excited for, to see this European Cup. I think it's going to be awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Please show your support for it. If they obviously please. like. If there's a lot of people watching this, they're going to want to do more of this stuff. We know that, like, they've talked about maybe not wanting to support, like, World First stuff. But, like, if there's a lot of hype for other yeah. events, maybe, maybe. They're not going to ignore maybe. the ability to do more marketing. They're not going to. <laughs> Show I'm them just, that it's hey, not saying. They, their events budget, now probably. That, <laughs> now that we have a strict stance on third-party add-ons and the potential yeah. that no streamers are going to show third-party tools on mm-hmm. stream anymore during progression. Could happen. Who knows? Maybe yeah. there is going to be Square involved into the world race for charity in the coming right. day, months. Races. Who knows? Fly some yeah. people Definitely out to LA. A, a reserve a conference room. We'll explore. Yeah. We can do this. <laughs> we can make this work. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. I have an appointment for my for my passport next no, in August. In August, uh-huh. that's when I can get it. So, <laughs> not before you'll that. be ready. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. All right, everybody. Thank you again, Lithy, for joining us today. Um, Thank you so much for having me. We will see you all here next week. Uh, until then, no. what? Not oh, week. not next week. Right. See, I get into this like mindset of like we'll be back next week because we usually I, on. I would no, be sorry. N- we none of us are. Be, the next week is like the everybody's off week. 
Mm. Except for I think I think technically I'm the only one that's like not out of town. But I'm not doing the show by myself. That would be next week the one man show. We can talk about Xenos. No. You can talk about Xenos without me. That's fine. The, the yeah. podcast, I would just, I would just put like a big, like, like a picture of Xenos, just with like an X through it, just, and just yeah. have it go live for no. like an hour. Just, just do, just do, just do a three-hour loop of Xenos with some hearts around it. There you go. Stuff. The big old, the big old dumpy. Right there. Oh yes. Okay. Yeah. He's. I mean, his boat uh, once upon a time was double seat thick, but. I think I. I think I still. I, I. I think I still have the the dumpy sprinkles gift around here somewhere. <laughs> we can just put that up on the. Yeah. That was a thing. He used to have a big old nice dumpy, but he doesn't anymore. So. Anyway. All right. <laughs> what is on this ending? Note, yeah. Goodbye. We'll see you later. <laughs> so all a test of your reflexes. <laughs> <laughs>